When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. This week's episode of the Relish Podcast Ever is sponsored by Vote for Kathy. Tuesday, May 16th, we need all Philadelphia residents at your local polling stations to vote for Katherine Gilmore Richardson for Philly City Council. In 2019, Kathy made history in becoming the youngest woman elected to Philadelphia's City Council. And the only way to ensure she's able to continue all the great work she started is to vote for Kathy in the 2023 primary elections. So Tuesday, May 16th, pull up to the polls and vote Katherine Gilmore Richardson for Philadelphia City Council. This message is TRPE approved. Now on to the show. What up, what up? We back, man. The realest podcast ever. First time in a long time we did one of these like this. Uh, thank y'all for bearing with us as we got through our entire slate of uh, March and then April. We had a ton of backlog content. We actually put out about 10 shows um, between those two months. And... Uh, Five in March, five in April. Uh, shout out to all of the different guests that we had on the show. If you haven't checked those out, I just want to let you know, not every single show was an interview. A lot of those shows was just like the normal same sort of format that we do, uh, but just with like a guest or mm. whatever like that. So I didn't want anybody to be, you know, sometimes y'all stray away from uh, the ones that are, you know, in- interviewee. Or whatever the case may be, but uh, you know, we got to do that as a tool to help you know expand, grow the audience, show off our journalistic skills, or what have you. And then, uh, you know, we get back to our foundation, <laughs> which is talking some shit. real quick. You know, a nigga taking bad pictures when he take for a second, start like, cleaning. Oh, this shit blurry. <laughs> I, I can't see nothing. <laughs> it's like I'm in the bathroom with four showers going. <sighs> Nigga, pictures coming out terrible over there. Yeah, but I think we've gotten really, really good at interviewing. You know what I'm saying? If you want to call an interview, and I think we've become very, very like precise. Um, We know how to extrapolate like real live knowledge. You know what I mean? And we have fun with the people doing. I had a lot of people hit me this past week, like, "Yo, the episode y'all did with Tone was so." Hell yeah. Good. And I'm like, well, Tone's a personality. Shout out to him, because he knows how to, like, like he, in words of him, I know how to pop it. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So he knows how to talk shit and be funny and interesting. But then at the same time, it's not a lot of fluff. Exactly. It's real tangible information. Exactly. In you know? And um, I think it was fitting, you know, sometimes divine. things just line well, look, up. It's I, divine I, the Literally, way it I had a up. conversation with one of my friends last night, and he was like, yo, that Tone interview, that shit inspired me. That shit got me, like, ready. And he was like, damn, like, and it, it's crazy, like, y'all did that that fast with everything going on. I'm like, here goes the, the wild part. We did that interview, like, five weeks ago. Yeah, month and a half We did that interview dead ass, like, a month and a half March ago. March 16th. Yeah, month and a half ago. I know yeah. it wasn't tripping. Yeah, March 16th. And we've had that interview sitting for a while. And we, here go the crazy part. When we did it, we were like, this is how we're going to structure our interview drops. Mm-hmm. And we just knew that because that interview wasn't topical as far as, like, current events, we could sit on that for a little right. minute. And, you know, it just so happened that it dropped in the middle of, you know, Philly Philly real estate <laughs> war. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're out there and you've been under a rock for the last two weeks – 
Uh, Greg Parker, better known as Big Business, and Tony the Closer, formerly of Million Dollars Worth of Game. He has the Get Your Ass Up podcast now. Um, he's also in the real estate space. He's like a really big deal in the real estate space. He's got like 55,000 mentees that are part of his uh, real estate program that, you know, he has all these different testimonial success stories, whatever, whatever. So this thing kicked off um, on an IG Live where – think uh greg and the kid had the billionaire was you know going back and forth trying to adjudicate a dispute the way that we do in a nigger community on instagram, instagram live yeah, instagram <laughs> we gotta take it to the ground gotta take it to the gram. Not <laughs> you gonna... know what I'm we're gonna figure out what's going on you know what i mean we're gonna see what the gram gotta say <laughs> about this and they took it to the gram and greg apparently pulled tony into the convo was like what do you think about this and he jumped on the live, whatever, whatever, said what he thought. And then it started this back and forth dialogue that's, you know, still going on probably till the second right now. Yes. It's like a it's like a ticker at this point. Like it's they like, wake up and <laughs> log in. Yeah. Tony the Closer has been kicked off of Instagram. Has he? Lost his IG page, 357,000 followers. Dang. Oh, he just got it back? Okay, well, he had lost his job for when like a week. When you lose the page, what do you do? Who do you go to? Well, if you verify and all of that, then you can hit your Instagram rep. And uh, we have Instagram reps. Hell no. Oh, <laughs> so when you verify, <laughs> no, no, I mean like just people in general. There are Instagram. Oh yeah, reps? hell I didn't yeah. Know any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole. It's a whole. The verification team is its own team. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you hit your rep from the insta from the verification team, whatever, whatever. Mm. Tell them what's going on. This is the reason that they giving me. This is what actually happened. Woo, 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 woo. You mitigate something. Nine times out of ten, you get your page back unless you boosie. Then you never get your page back, yeah. and you just gotta like go log on from your uh, daughter phone. It's funny, Rod got uh, suspended on Twitter last night. Really? Because when James Harden hit the three, he he added James Harden was like, "Let your nuts hang," and he out. Yeah, and, and I tried to explain. He's like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm like, "You said nuts," and he was like, "That's not a curse word." I'm like, "But you used it in the manner of speaking on genitalia." Yeah. He was like, are you kidding? I, I had to call him. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain it. I'm like, like I've actually been here before. <laughs> if you would have said James Harden is, is going nuts. Yeah. Definitely. But when you refer to his actual nuts because of the whole world we're in now, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't refer to anybody's nuts on social media. And they get you right. They get you fast. They, they don't take no. They don't take no time. Air going you in? <laughs> yeah. Air going you out. They get you right out. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so navigating social media is tricky. Mm -hmm. Unless you on like Rumble or Parler or one of the, you know, uh, non-affiliated social media platforms where you can, you know, set a guy on fire pretty much. Like you can do whatever or like you want. Like Reddit. Yeah, okay. you can set, you do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I'm saying? Even Reddit got rules. These motherfuckers ain't got no rules. Okay. Like you can post anything. Hate speech. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Coming to the governor house. <laughs> See who's boss. We'll show this nigga who's boss. Like you can do whatever you want on them jobs. Uh, so with that in mind, so yeah, so there's been all types of different stuff going back and forth. Tony had to jump off of Instagram, take it to take it to. He had to go from land to sea, go to Twitter. Okay. <laughs> now I'm on Twitter with it, and I'm posting threads every day and all this. So just a lot going on, and it's just ignited um, a larger conversation <clears throat> about. Predatory business practices in the urban community in the way that niggas during this information revolution um, hoard and use like predatory business practices to disseminate information. Mm -hmm. And it's like for $50, you can get like you the ticket to the fucking job. Yeah. You know what I'm 
I'm saying? You can pull for ninety dollars. For ninety dollars, you get a ticket to the John, and you get you a get booklet. a you get a and a picture yeah. in front of the step and repeat. Yeah. Now for five thousand, <laughs> five thousand. You know what I'm saying? For five thousand, you get to hang with me. Go to Capitol Grill. Yeah, and you I'm only doing six of those. You know what I mean? That's four that, slots already gone. So even though I just announced it, you tell me how you want yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for fifty-five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm saying. So now you see where we going. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to just cut all the red tape? Yeah. You ain't got to come in no event. I get you a bedroom in my house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That be your guest bedroom. You get a you get twelve visits. I give you a little card yeah, and I punch, come, I punch I punch a it. visit out. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you know what I'm saying? My wife gonna cook breakfast yeah. or my chef, whoever's available. Yeah. And then um in fourteen years you get back forty eight <laughs> five of the fifty five that was initially invested. In 14 years. Yeah, man, the, the information revolution that we, we are on, that's a good way to put it, I guess. Um, it's bored out the, the very best, and then it's bored out the very worst. Mm -hmm. And it's bored out the very ridiculous. Yep. And like I said on Patreon, if you're not on Patreon, please subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash official T-R-P-E. We got all kinds of shows on there, ranging from the mild to the wild. We're 205 episodes yeah. in on Patreon now. People absolutely have fallen in love with the content over the past couple months of Patreon because we really get to it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of those censorships that you got to worry about on Instagram and ain't Twitter. Ain't got to worry about it. Ain't got to worry about it over there. Patreon, you can let your nuts Patreon, hang. where you can let your nuts hang. That's they new, that should be their new slogan. Yeah, real shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. But when it comes to a lot of these things, a lot of these situations, you have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It's a double-edged sword, okay. if you will. I said it on there. Two things can be true at the very same time. Somebody can have a, issue, a, a situation with this person that is absolutely wonderful. Then somebody could have a situation with this person that is absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. And they both can be true. Yeah. That's reality. Like, there is no one that's perfect. And I think we be forgetting that at times. Like, if Jesus wasn't perfect, how the fuck yeah. is we supposed to expect this person And to, to dial it in even more. The intention of the person could have been good and positive in both situations. But shit be going left sometimes in the words of baby Birdman. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Theatres, B32, Bubble Burn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes shit be going left. And sometimes is shit be going left that you can control or you missed something and it went left. Sometimes there's like literally just like a total disregard where you just didn't do nothing you were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then there's just like genuine... Like, I'm coming in on some bullshit. Now, I will say, and I, I I made the analogy the other day where you look at, like, a Bernie Madoff. Now, granted, his shit was a whole different level of scheming, yeah. but understand that Bernie Madoff at one point was the chairman of NASDAQ. So he did the right shit. Mm -hmm. His initial company, they made tons of money. His initial investors made too much money yeah. to the point where when a, the, the, uh, 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 the uh, investors that lost money they actually went after the ones who made money to try to, like, even the shit out. Mm -hmm. 
So understand, Bernie Madoff wasn't on some bullshit over here. But four floors down, <laughs> it was total bullshit. Yeah, for sure. It was total bullshit down there. And that's what you get with a lot of these situations. So you got people now that are like, who do you believe? Who do you trust in? Who do you? And I, like I said it, shout out me and V, man, from Shrewsa. I don't believe nothing. <laughs> I don't trust nobody. Yeah. Because that's the way they tell them to do African-Americans when you come to America. I Like, y'all, there, there's something to be said for the information era. And how the information is just readily available. Mm-hmm. And me and you gave two examples on Patreon the other day where we were both in situations where we both were reaching out to people who are in these positions of all of this knowledge and all yep. of this know-how. And they wanted money for their time to be talked to. And then you presented someone with a question that he couldn't answer. And then I had a situation where someone was talking about $1,500 for a mentorship. And I explained to him where we were at. And he was just like, oh, man, you good to go. You're good to go. You don't need no, you don't need this. Keep this off the internet. Yeah, don't, don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody you got I all told, that on your own. <laughs> don't tell nobody you could do it on your own because then my, I'm just out. You know what I'm saying? Them yeah. 1500s that's rolling in, I'm out once you start telling The reality folks. of it is, is flipping some shit or investing in some shit is a risk. Absolutely. But if I can get y'all to come to a room and serve you crab puffs, ain't much risk in it. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. It's, that's just the reality of it. That's the long and the short. There's a lot more risk in actually doing something than there is of teaching people something. And the, thing is, and, and the thing is this, man. Um, greed is part of human nature. It's a reason why it's part of the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. because inherently we all have a certain modicum of greed in us. And it's like whether you you know you lust for more success, you want more money, you want more access, whatever it is, there's a certain level of greed and it's like not everybody is able to discern when it's like you're going past like a healthy like normal level and what happens is when you start having these situations where it's like you you know you you're doing something in practice you flipping houses i'm flipping houses i'm going through the process i flip one house i flip two houses i flip a four unit building i flip mm-hmm. an eight unit i flip two more uh you know uh single family homes i do this 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 this, this and this and then you start to document that journey and you showing people on social media and this, 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 and this. And just organically from what you're doing, that following starts to grow. Typically, what happens is people start reaching out to you. Yo, damn, I'm trying to break into real estate, da, 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 da. How can I? And then that turns into one conversation. And then it might be 10 people. Then you look up, it might be 100 people. And you're like, damn, how can I streamline all of this? <clears throat> Put this information together in a way where it's like tangible or whatever, or give it out in a way to where people are going to understand that this and this and this. All right, bet. I'm going to host a conference. Mm-hmm. All right, now, now I'm in this place or whatever. Then I'm at 3801. Then I'm at the Met. Then, and it just grows and grows and grows. And then it's like, all right, now I got too much demand. How do I cut the fat even more? All right, bet. I'm going to offer mentorships. And, this. and then as soon as you reach that mentorship level, it's typically where you start to see People that originally had good-ass intentions start to go left. It's right around that point because when you start having 10, 15 people a month giving you five to $30,000, it's like at that point, it's like, all right, interest rates high, real estate market ain't what it was. I could just focus on just the teaching in the education space, mm-hmm. and I could make way more, and I ain't got to put no bread out. 
Yeah. I'm getting the venues on a relationship. I might pay them something on the back end, whatever, whatever, because I'm doing this so frequently. I just need somewhere to house the experience of what the fuck it is that I'm doing. So I'm coming back here every month or every other month, whatever, whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it's easy for a person to get caught up and wrapped up in that shit because it's too much money. The, the reality is and that's this. And I'm not trying to say that to be a cop-out. I'm just saying... Typically, if you look at almost all these different stories where people get end up getting jammed up or whatever, the, they, these social media stars get jammed up for some shit that they did, said, or whatever that originated on social media, it's typically all around the same point where it starts to go left. I'm going to just say this, and, and this, is, this is, I hate to burst the bubble. Not everybody is going to be a real estate investor. Not everybody should be a real. It's impossible. It's the somebody. It's, it's, it's virtually some, impossible. Somebody got to sell fruit. Yeah. Somebody got to pick up the trash. Somebody got to sell waters on the fucking intersection. Like we've gotten to a point now where everybody, you, you know, how people be like, oh, all I need is a is a somebody to back on my day. and it just be like, yeah, that sounds great for everybody. But reality is this: look at Warwick Dunn, who built all that housing down there in Florida. Then look at Anton Walker. Who lost everything fucking with real estate. Yep. Look at Magic Johnson, who got this many restaurants. Look at Jamal Mashburn. He lost at every fucking restaurant. That's reality. There yeah. is no guarantee to invest money, you're going to make money. But I think we've gotten to a point now where because people want it so easy, they don't want it honest. They don't want it on, they don't want to like work and understand it. Yeah. When you like, even down to people not having like a base of you know, if you're getting into real estate, you should have contractors. You should have legal representation. You should have this, that. Even Tone was saying, like, how yeah. shit I was learning where it's like, I'm coming in here, you know, once a month. Then I'm coming in here twice a month. Then I'm coming in here three times a month. Then I'm coming in here three times a week. Yeah. Then I'm coming here every goddamn day to where it's like the attorney is noticing it. And like, oh, you need to structure it this way and do exactly. this, that, and that. And we made it a point to ask, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. What in you goes from I'm just a guy flipping houses to I'm operating a wholesale operation in 14 states. How do you do that and stay above board? Oh, well, my attorney, this is like, so it's like yeah. you, uh, you start to uncover certain points that when you look at these other people, that's never in the equation. Right. They're never talking about the attorney or the accountant or the, the like all of these controls that have to be in place to run a high scale operation. And then, you know, let's be frank, how we always talk about the 10,000 man hours. Like you're not going to learn anything in the afternoon. So I'm going to be honest with you. And I said it before y'all to be going to these seminars and going to the y'all are crazy. You're not learning jack. You can't learn how to play spades in the afternoon. Hell no. And so, you will get cursed out. And you might get beat the <laughs> fuck up. Like, you ain't going to learn nothing in the afternoon. Me and you have been podcasting for almost seven years. We just getting to the point where it's like we can do this kind of effortlessly and got yeah. all this shit going on. You don't just up and do it. Think about our legal friends. You think these niggas just think it started law before the year had a double digit on it. I'm talking about 07, 08, yeah. 09, before the 10s. Like, yeah. you don't just look up and just be like this person at this. John Gotti started with crime when he was 14. He didn't become the Don yeah. until he was 50. He was a street punk. Like, he was a street <laughs> punk. <laughs> yeah. Like, people have it in their minds to where it's just like, oh, bro did it, so I can just go fuck with bro. That's not the way it worked, yo. No. And this that is, what, is and, not and this, it. And this is what Kev was talking about. We was all kind of having, you know, these conversations around like a bunch of different stuff recently. And Kev was saying like, this is the 
the ugly part of fire your boss culture. Yeah. Because you have people that are not equipped to run nothing. You got people whose regular day-to-day life as a nine-to-five employee is not in order. Mm-hmm. They can't get to work on time. They fucking up their reports. They don't have a good rapport with the people that they work with. They can't get that right. And then they think, oh, I'm going to fire my boss. And then I'm going to go out here. And then it's just up from there. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because what you do in a position of having to follow someone is indicative of what you're going to do when you're in a position of leadership. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not a good order taker, how the fuck are you going to be a good order giver? How the fuck are you going to understand the, the natural order of things and being task-oriented and all of that if you can't follow simple-ass instructions? Yeah. yeah. But that's the part that people don't want to talk about because they want to skip all of these steps and go from 18 years old, uh, just finished high school, 19 years old, rich and famous. Yeah. And it's like, life don't work that way. It's a reason why the vast... Majority of millionaires are all 40 plus. It's the reason why Warren Buffett didn't make his first uh, billion dollars until he was 43 years old. Because you have to go through certain situations. It's trial and error. It's learning. It's it's new information being presented to you. You internalize the information. You apply that knowledge. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit that you got to mm-hmm. go through that somebody can't sell you in a two-hour fucking uh, conference or a boss babe brunch. Oh, I watched it, and I said it the other day. I, I, I know a trucker from when I was young who's like one of like the, he's a lifelong trucker. Yeah. He's been in the trucking industry from the 70s. And this motherfucker, he's 75 years old. And I mean, like, he's still out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And he got multiple trucks, fucking yard. His sons is all in it. His grandson now is fucking. And I remember from when I was a kid. And it's just like, he never did no course or no class. But then you look at these people where it's like, they get in the truck and, and in eight months, they're selling a course or a pamphlet. And then you, I saw one guy, he was selling the whole, yo, follow me. I can show you how to crush the trucking game and get to the trucking shit. And I saw his Instagram and the nigga has, he has all these big ass barbecue grill. He's doing like barbecue shit. And I'm just like, so the trucking thing is just. Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah, blew a tire. <laughs> <laughs> would you believe you gotta you maintain believe? these jobs? They gotta have insurance. You gotta put gas in them if the engine blows. Gas, you gotta have a mechanic. Day. You got to have an actual place to park these young. When I was growing up, I used to see trucks parked on the street. They going to tell me you can't leave a truck parked on the street. So I say, why can't I leave a truck on the street? And they telling me, it's, you just can't park. Look at the sun. Yeah. I, it's a truck. That's why they got them signs. There ain't no truck parking until six, until after 6 p.m. Because they don't want them shit. I leave my truck there for a week. I come back from. Ticket uh, every day. I come back from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Next thing you know, I got 14 tickets. Yo, dog. They done put a boot on my truck, man. Dog. <laughs> dog. Listen. Be, and I, I said it on the, on the Patreon because a lot of people have never went through any storms. You've never really went through bad situations. Yeah. So you don't know how to adapt in that situation. You don't know what to do after you have an accident and your insurance skyrocket. You don't know what to do in these situations where the loads ain't coming the fuck over. Or you, I was down in Laredo and they had all the loads jammed up coming across the board. People don't know what the fuck to do in these situations <laughs> because you've only been at it for four months. You don't have a lifelong experience situation with trucking. You don't know what to do through a recession. Yep. What happens when the next 08 hit? And you in real estate, or you in trucking, or you in food and produce, or what? People don't know. So the reality is, think about it. 15 years ago, you didn't have any of this shit going on. 
No. No one was selling courses and doing all this crazy ass shit the way it is now where anybody on Instagram is just up and yeah, no, come through. Eighty dollars. And and get and, you right. And, like, and, and and going and circling back to the to the bad parts, the downsides and the nasty parts of fire your boss culture, so much of this information that y'all are willing to pay for is available for free on the internet. Yeah. That's Me and Dan funny. was just talking yesterday because I saw a goddamn uh, IG reel that says you can get Google certified for free on a bunch of different things for Google, and then you can turn around and then go run a fucking gig, uh, be a gig operator on fucking uh, Fiverr and, you know, uh, these other places, and Etsy and stuff like that, and you can charge $30, $50, $150 an hour to do people's SEO and all of that mm -hmm. for their websites and for they uh they uh, uh uh YouTube channels and stuff like that. The information is available. Not too long ago, I remember there was a uh, a free MBA course. Literally, you get your MBA at the end of the course. They was giving it out through uh it was like a it was like subsidized through uh somebody learning or whatever the case may be. But it was an online MBA course. They gave it away for free. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yo, you just got to be in the right places and spaces, having the right conversation and be aware of these different outlets and stuff to receive the information. I follow one of the few podcasts that I follow and listen to is This Week in Startups. This is what's going on with all of the different mm -hmm. startup companies. These are the trends. This is what's going on in Silicon Valley. This is what's going on in Silicon Alley. Da, 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 da. Gary Vee is another one. He gives out a ton of information. Yeah. To people, and he specifically is talking to the younger generation, and you know, if you, you know, older you, you and this know who this, else like, be on that? Like a lot of information and a lot of like real good shit. Rob Deerdeck mm. from uh, Ridiculousness. Yeah, he'd be like super, super into a lot of different shit. It's like, how do you get a show greenlit for ninety seven thousand episodes, mm. fourteen hours <laughs> 14 a day, fourteen hours every a day. day of the week? Like Ridiculousness is on MTV so much they pushed. Uh, wilding out to VH1. Yeah. We got we got program more blocks of ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's a show that will bear fruit forever because all it is is America's funniest home video. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no end for that. Yeah. Bob Saget died. Yeah, no, Rob <laughs> I'm in this got space. This. Yeah, this is mine. <laughs> so I, I look at it at, at like to put a bow on it. I think all of that shit is predatory. Yeah. But y'all asses be so anxious to be prey. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, if you know it's a shark in the tank, why are you in the tank? Yeah, a lot of, I ain't going to hold you, not to be a victim blamer, a lot of y'all be lining yourselves up. I listen. Like, um, a lot of people just be lining themselves up because it's like, yo, all of these red flags be here, and it's like, how you vet information and people says more about you than it does about them. Like, you could, we have a, a really good podcast that does really good things, and you could come to me tomorrow and be like, yo, how you feel about a live show in Cleveland? Nah, I ain't fucking that. <laughs> I ain't fucking that. I'm checking the heat map. <laughs> it's not very hot in Cleveland. <laughs> so what I'm not about to do is buy a barn in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just me. My favorite joint was the boy was like, yeah, now we did good business. He sold me a spot in Flint, Michigan. I said, duh. <laughs> Spooky button. I said, duh. The, like... <laughs> Whatever house you bought in Flint, Michigan, I'm positive the land ain't worth nothing, let alone the house on top of it. That's like the number one poverty-stricken uh, region in America. Why would you buy a crib in Flint, Michigan? And, and, and as much as you want to, like, give people the mulligan or give them the leeway or the benefit of the doubt, you see things as just like, like the fake phone call. 
The fake phone call you, was sick. Like, I, I already knew when it came on and he had the Eartha Kitt thing <laughs> on his head. I just knew that this wasn't going to end well. And then once the fake phone call happened, I'm just like, hmm. Because now that just invalidates, like, everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, true story. I, I was hey, like, uh, Nicole, was it Nicole <laughs> or Erica? No, nah, uh. Crystal, Crystal. <laughs> the fact that everybody knows that now is just hilarious. Yeah, Crystal. Because I seen that yesterday in like a bunch of comments on the video. Like, Crystal, Crystal. <laughs> I, I wish we could like announce everything that's going Because yeah. I had a very good like joke the other day. But like me on the phone with so-and-so around the whole. <laughs> but of course we can't say that. But yeah, man, like the fake phone call just like kind of like. Like it was cringeworthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that shit made it made me uncomfortable. Like y'all are forty. Like y'all, are, I'm a man. I'm forty. I'm forty. Like this is just unacceptable. Like I seen the fake phone call shit as teenagers. I told you I set yeah. the store on Patreon. I seen the motherfucker <laughs> do that. Phone start ringing while he on the phone screaming and shit. Yeah, that joint reminded me. Uh, remember the joint with the ball in the uh, T-Mobile store? He was like. Uh, like, why y'all selling these phones that connect to the government that's giving this information <laughs> away? And they was like, sir, yeah. you need to leave. He was like, my outlaw niggas, <laughs> kill these niggas. <men." laughs> like, like, he didn't really talk nobody. Like, he just my said outlaw it. Niggas. Niggas kill these <laughs> he just walked out. I forgot all about that. That's hilarious, man. It was giving, it was giving my outlaw niggas vibes. Yeah, definitely, man. But like, at the end of the day, I, I, I just here's the thing. Here's how, here's how I want to put a bone. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. And a lot of times, there's a lot of truth in any situation, even if it looks like it's not. There's still some truth that exists mm-hmm. in there, whatever the case may be. So, do I feel like? Uh, you know, he probably, uh, you know, did made, made some uh, some business improprieties. Absolutely. Do I think he did right by certain people? Absolutely. Do I think that certain stuff got lost in translation? People didn't understand their obligations and didn't take the time to educate themselves in order to be above board and not trigger certain defaults and stuff like that? Absolutely. Also, do I think that anybody needs to be buying property in Cleveland Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Flint, Michigan, and Mass? Absolutely not. So there's so much. Yeah, not with LeBron. (laughs) It's like, like he sunk the economy twice. Like, it's too tumultuous. You don't need to do that. So it's like just certain things, man. It's like, yo, there's some right in here. There's some wrong in here. I'm pretty sure there's more than enough blame to, you know, to go around. And uh, I think that what I don't like about it is people are more mad at Tony for trying to get to the bottom of this and get some understanding on exactly what the hell happened and how people were victimized instead of the fact that Greg probably victimized people. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we as a, as a black community, we don't got much to look up to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when somebody gets to the point where they got foreigns and, and PJs and all that shit is like a, a you wouldn't even call it bright light. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Shining stars. So, you know, people... <laughs> Yo, it's Big Fred, a.k.a. Daddy Tuzo Adi Podcast. Kiki Tsubafetu, and we are the Sobering Podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday for fire conversations and interviews about South African music, sneakers, and street culture. Check us out on the Revolt Podcast Network. Shout out to our moms.
people don't like to see that that might be a little, you know what I'm saying, ridiculous at the t- at the top of it. Look at how we look at certain people who are at the super top of like yeah. black culture. You don't want to hear no bad ever from them. When in reality, they could be the most terrible people on the planet. Yeah. You know, I look at it like this. End of the day, uh, I feel like everybody's right. I feel like everybody's telling the truth. I feel like everybody's lying. Do it that. Do what it that. What the fuck you want to do with it? <laughs> I'm gonna be in the house. You know what I'm saying? And that that's that's one of them things where I I'm not trying to like decipher what because end of the day I again the same way you can't learn nothing in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to learn nothing in a 43 minute live. Y'all niggas is just entertainment. Yeah. And I think that's the part people like missing all of this. Like nobody's watching these lives and like, oh man, bro, making so much sense. I'm buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever done that. They just look at it, rant, banter, and then go on to the next thing on nine one one Philly. That's the way it works. So ain't nobody really getting it. No, like cutting through no mustard to get to no advanced point. Yeah. It's just some shit going on. That's it. Yeah, we're, we're you. People have to get my people have to get better <laughs> at uh dis, at, at at really discerning where they glean their information from. Learn how to properly vet people out. Look up you know Better Business Bureau complaints stuff like that before you go giving people life altering amounts of money. Don't just go meeting somebody in like a Wawa parking lot with fifty thousand yeah. about a real estate deal. Yeah. Like y'all look and sound crazy. Yeah. I'm at the deli of the Acme <laughs> right now. They're all out of Black Forest. <laughs> Deeds and Watson. But I'm right, I'm right here. Pull up for me. Like, I'll tell you this. Looking at the comments, I ain't gonna hold you. I was I was I ain't gonna hold you. I was kind of jealous because I'm like, how do y'all have all this money to get burned for? Oh, like yeah. everybody, he, I, no, I lost 32 grand. Bro took me for 14. Bro took me for 53. He still owe me 77. He still owe me 64. So my sister got burned for 48. I'm like, yeah, yo, people, if I take a $5,000 loss, right now, I might have to kill somebody. People are literally <laughs> leveraging their credit and potentially jail time. Because if you default on a high five figure loan, they come get your ass. It ain't just as simple as, oh, we just going to wipe the deck clean. Like, they come get your ass when you default on 77000 or mm-hmm. something like that. You know what I'm saying? You just can't pay. People are literally leveraging their financial futures on a hope, like hoping that this is going to work. Oh, I, like, not trying to be funny. Leveraging your financial future on somebody you, you came across on the gram that didn't follow you back is crazy. You got to at least follow me back. Before I invest in it. Like, that's crazy. It's like if you're a regular right. working class person, even if you make $77,000 a year and you've made that for the better part of a decade, I still don't even necessarily expect you to have $77,000 in liquid at your disposal because life be lifing. And there's too many goddamn expenses. The rent is too goddamn high. Oh. The car notes is too goddamn high. Oh. Inflation is at a record. Interest rates are at a record. Like, interest rates are starting with eights right now on yeah. average, like on a lease. They don't even tell you. They just give you the... Yeah, this is the payment right here. Uh, like, damn, this don't seem high. They like, oh no, that's you know, it's a lot going on right now with the economy. But just sign here, here, and initial here, and take mu- your car. How much does the average American save a year? Save probably twenty five hundred dollars. Five thousand. Five thousand. Okay. Average American. Okay. Now I'm I'm, I'm I'm 
I don't know how many average Americans they average into this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 5,000 seems a little high. That seems very ambitious. I remember years ago having a conversation with one of my good friends who, who always had, like, he's one of those good job niggas. Like, he always had a good job. And I remember him telling me his goal was to save 10,000 for the year. And I remember him saying that shit, and I was just like, that seems a little bit impossible. Yeah. And he was like, no, nah, bro. Like, all you got to do is system format it, you know, you understand, you can do, he's like, what I do is I do like a, a, a um, domino effect of savings, where it's like I start off small or I start off big, and then I meet in the middle in, in, in like June, July, and then I start going the other way as far as the savings. So I have like a whole calculation for it. Da, da, da. I, he broke it all the way down, and yeah. I was just like, damn, that's crazy. And I was like, how much did you save last year? He was like, I only saved like 1700 <laughs> <laughs> But I ran in this <laughs> <laughs> the system is not the problem. <laughs> Human so error was at 83%. So I only got the 17 in there. <laughs> like, having a human error ratio at 83% is crazy. <laughs> but that's life be life. Yeah, he really told me that shit. No, he broke it down how to say 10,000. How much you say that shit? 1,700. I ran into some situations <laughs> that I wasn't. I blew a tire. And blew I, a tire. <laughs> I blew a tire. Then it was a trans. <laughs> had to have somebody come sandblast my house. You know once, you miss, once you miss three parlays, you know, now you chase. John, human error. 83%. <laughs> 83%. But it's like, we're people, and we're emotional beings. Like, and we're going to uh, be emotionally triggered by certain shit. Duh. You're going to see a fucking Fendi shirt or Balenciaga duh. shirt that's going to take you off your path. Duh. You're going to buy that shit. Last You're going to see this chick shaking some ass. You want part of that ass. You're yeah. going to take her to the roof, Chris. Like Last week, I did a juice. Uh, juice for the week. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, the first two days, I was cool. I was like, man, this shit ain't nothing. Dog, day four, day five, I was literally like covering my eyes when commercials came on for Popeyes and shit. Like I'm, I'm sitting on it. Is it on? Is it on? Is it on? Yeah. Like I couldn't look at this shit because it's like, yo, I'm going the fuck outside, and I cracked on the sixth day because I went the fuck to the mall. Yeah. We got in the mall, the food court. Everybody looks so happy. High <laughs> <laughs> I say, I'm going to get something to eat. Like a Mentos commercial. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nigga diving through the car. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, yo, it, it, it all sounds great. And I think that's the biggest issue. It all sounds good. Yeah. All of these things sound good. But the reality is there is no guarantee with this shit. So you got to do a lot more due diligence. Something Tony said yesterday about a lot of these platforms that just go out and throw people out there and put people on on the on the wide screen and on the big scope. Where it's like, yo, at the end of the day, you got an obligation to your audience. At least you should. You should. In theory. <laughs> there have been situations that have kind of came down the pipe for us where we kind of just both looked at each other and was like, as as viral or as 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 uh, much energy could come from this. It's not in tune or on. It's not on brand with what we do and who we talk to and what it's about. So it's like you know that shit that Kev, that our friend Kev Harden, shout out Kev, said to us about being mission driven at Stake Forty Eight is burned in my brain because when you are mission driven, you know what's burned in my brain from that dinner? How much shit Dunbar ordered? Oh man, he's listen. He can (laughs) that boy can eat that boy. <laughs> Big ass prawns, like I didn't even. He's ordering stuff off menu. Yeah. Y'all still got the jumbo three yeah. X prawns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem. Man. Can I get the wasabi dry <laughs> age? 
Like what? Right. Yeah, from the back. Yeah, reason. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, but about being mission driven and the fact that like if when you have a mission and you consider that in every decision you make, you don't do shit that doesn't align with your values. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't have a mission or or, or aren't operating with one or don't have values, don't have. Uh, you know, like a something that they a slogan or something that they live by or whatever the case may be. They just out here operating. They just out this joint. Just outside. Just just with it. And that shit will catch up to you. Yeah. It's caught up to me. Two thousand I told y'all I was on the show a million times. 2012, actually. I'm just out here living life. I got this party going, I got this party going, I got unemployment, I got all this old stuff. Da, 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 da. I'm living life. I'm going shopping every day. I'm tricking every weekend. I got my parties. I'm making, you know, four, five thousand a week. And then as soon as that shit's turned and slowed down, I'm like, fuck. I got seventy two hundred in the bank. Yeah. I could pay about two more rents. <laughs> And uh, when you counting out rents, yeah, it's like, crazy. Right, you like, two rents. all right, I know the next rent is good. <laughs> that's 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 tomorrow. I got that. Then the next rent, I don't know about I that. I don't know about rent. <laughs> and you look and you like, I done popped how many tags this month? Mm-hmm. Like, damn. So it's like, yeah, if you don't adhere to some sort of mission and have some sort of I felt value like you the other day. I was looking at my sneakers. I was just like, I got to sell some of these. Yo, like, it's these too shit's just much sitting here shit. and I'm not wearing, I wear these shits every, <laughs> I'm like, I got to sell some of this shit, man. Too much like, shit, bro. I got a whole eBay account. I just sold like 30 things on eBay in the last month because it's like, I don't use this shit. I don't wear it. Um, it got, it's brand new with tags on it. This is dumb. Like, but it's good. We emotional creatures. We humans are going to veer off the path. The only people that don't veer off the path is LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Well, he, not really him because he left uh, a playoff series to go to Atlantic City. Uh, Tiger Woods, not him either because he was fucking them white hoes. That don't veer off the path? That don't veer off the path. LeBron, Floyd. Floyd don't veer off the path. Floyd don't veer off the path. Floyd literally ran four miles every day while he was with Floyd, Floyd being in the club the with 92 bottles that he paid for don't drink nothing. And drinking, then you go drinking work cranberry out. juice and yeah. leave the club and go work out. Yeah. And, make, and take everybody with him. Yeah. Floyd, LeBron. Kobe. Kobe had one bad joint. Yeah. Kobe had one bad joint. Tried to go in that white girl too. booty hole and threw his whole thing off. I You, you got to put Drake in that joint. Yeah. That's a consistent motherfucker. Um, shit, Jay Z. Yeah, just, just the mission. I'm just gonna do signing. I got a meeting with Nabisco <laughs> and Mattel tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna get it done. Um, a cookie line with Pillsbury yeah, is dropping. This shit is, is we coming with it. The um, yo, you know, it's funny how you just made me think about it. So, remember, y'all all know I, I always talk about the foods that built America. So now they got a whole line of these on History mm-hmm. Channel. They got the machines that built America. They got the Titans that built America. All these. I'm now I'm on the machines that built America. So they got an episode on household appliances, the dishwasher, the, the dishwasher, the refrigerator, and the washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. So the washer, the uh, the dish, <laughs> the dishwasher got designed by a woman. She was rich. She lived like she lived like a like a. You know, nicer, not rich, but like a nicer living or whatever. Hi, so, uh, what do you call it? Uh, upper middle class. Upper middle class. So her her <laughs> husband, he was like, you know, a, a, a baron of his day or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And they had fine china. And she realized that, like, the china was getting scratched and chipped 
when like doing hand washing and not being that careful or whatever, because she had a, a helper who would help her with shit like that. And so she went to the husband because he was like investing money and this, that, and that. And she's told him like, we need to design a machine that washes dishes. And he, the husband was like, we don't need a machine that washes dishes. I got you. You, wash the, <laughs> you host wash the dishes. I don't need a machine to do that. <laughs> I can see my face in the in the in the damn china when y'all are done. And the 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 uh second part of it, they do uh power tools. Okay. So Black and Decker, Milwaukee, and uh what's the other one? DeWalt. So you know DeWalt got mil- built in PA. Black and Decker is from like I think Illinois and Milwaukee, of mm-hmm. course, is Milwaukee or whatever. But Black and Decker, what made them be you did you know that they're a thirty billion dollar company? Oh yeah. So what what separated them from Milwaukee and DeWalt? Milwaukee and DeWalt focus on power tools for like actual like building skies, like uh, real okay, got it. power tools that the industry standard. Not the everyday men. And Black and Decker focused on household shit where a drill might cost $20, $30, but you can keep it in a crib for when you want to do it. And they, when Black and Decker became so popular, you know what their in store displays were? They were using women to use the drills in the displays I remember on some that. like. If a woman can use it, anybody can use yeah. it. And I'm just like that. And the boy was like, they capitalized on this sexist ass society because it's like <laughs> these bitches can use the drills, y'all. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> My dumbass wife can yeah. do it. I was like, yo, back in the day was crazy as <laughs> shit. They some good ass docuseries though. But yeah, man, just to put a bow on everything. Uh, Y'all, Go got to, y'all got to be more careful. I was going to say, you know, the college uh, enrollment Jones is dropping. Like, oh yeah, plummeting. Yeah, yeah, it's a there's like it's a it's an enrollment cliff. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like plummeting. And I look at situations like this where it's like y'all will spend money, like y'all will be like, I ain't going to college because ain't nobody taking advantage of me. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then give college tuition <laughs> to the bitch with the G wagon <laughs> in a parking lot. Yeah, and then in an like, Arby's <laughs> parking lot. <laughs> Make this make sense, man. <laughs> yeah, get them holes everywhere. <laughs> Yo, straight up, man. And it's crazy because you got people that are like, yeah. So I believe when people be like, yo, would you would you rather have dinner with Hove or five hundred grand? And people like dinner with Hove, they be like, yeah, because you you pay for dinner with Niche. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally believe you. Dinner with Fafa. Yeah, I totally believe you, man. But yeah, man, pray for everybody. You know, but that's my pray for everybody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Pray for everybody. Uh, real quick before we transition, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's show, which is Vote for Kathy. Oh yeah, Tuesday, shout out Kathy. Tuesday, Gilmore, May sixteenth. All my Philadelphia residents, make sure y'all go to the polls. If you eight, it was eighteen plus to vote. Oh, you gotta be the vote. What, what country are we? I don't even America, know. America, yeah. It's Pakistan. Uh, I think it's eighteen. <laughs> eighteen. Make sure you register to vote, man. It's the primary elections. Vote for Catherine Gilmore Richardson for City Council, Philadelphia City Council at large. You obviously have to be a Philadelphia resident to vote Philadelphia City Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure that you know all of y'all voter registration is up to date. I know y'all be staying at Grandma's house, but you live over here, and then your mail go over here. Yeah. So yeah, make sure y'all vote for Catherine Gilmore Richardson Tuesday, May sixteenth, Philadelphia primary elections, City Council at large. Absolutely, shout out to her. All right, so we had real estate beef. Now we got podcast beef. Oh yeah. For the last week or so, Nori Cam and Joe Buttons have been caught up in this weird, like, menage a trois of uh, 
issues and insults and fuck you, but you cool and you my man, but he's a nut ass nigga and I'll fuck you up where you at. And it's just turning into like a mess from all of these middle aged men. Middle aged? Somebody in there is 50 something. Somebody gotta be 50. Um, I thought middle age was like 30 to 40. No. Middle age is 50. Okay. But life expectancy ain't a bean. If you black, life expectancy is like 64. (laughs) 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 You in urban America. Uh, so yeah, so they've had this. So <laughs> nigga, twenty seven, he a senior. <laughs> Shit, crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 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 a couple months ago. So a couple months ago, Nori, while he was he was in, he was in New York for a week, he was co-hosting the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club been doing these rotational hosts, whatever. And they, I just want to say, bravo to the fucking Breakfast Club because they have figured it out. They've revamped the studio. The dynamic between Envy and Charlotte now, especially with these guest hosts popping in and out, whatever, whatever, it feels like a whole new show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ye removing herself from the equation, essentially, I think, put everybody back in their proper perspective as personalities where I think people are excited to hear and see what she's doing on her own and then also hear and see what they're doing, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be just them two or them two when they interview them with a special guest. They had Pretty V guest hosting. They had Jess Hilarious guest hosted a couple times, Jason Lee, and everybody came through and did, like, a really, really great job. So Mm -hmm. I do want to get a Breakfast Club Day Flowers or whatever um, for for their rebrand, and I think they're going to probably be able to extend this shit, like, 15 more years, which you never see in urban radio, like, morning shows. Like, you know, that's like some – Russ Parr, Tom Joyner yeah. type thing where it's like you get them extended runs uh, locked in at radio. Yeah, Howard Stern, stuff like that. But it's not usually for the hip-hop formatted uh, audience or whatever. So I'm proud of the Breakfast Club, and I like what they're doing. <clears throat> but Nori ended up going on Joe Budden's podcast. And on that, John, he was basically just saying how, you know, a lot of people from their era of hip hop was trying to break into the content game and that he was happy that they were doing bad. And it sparked a lot of mixed reactions from people. And it was kind of like a thing of like, well, who you talking about? Like, because he was being so broad, but still kind of specific where Mm -hmm. he's like, they doing sports shows and then they do a cooking show and then they doing this and that and da, 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 da. Now bear in mind, the conversation predated Mace and Cam's show. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Trick Daddy has a very successful cooking show. I talked about it on Patreon. I think it's fucking amazing. It's mm-hmm. hilarious uh, seeing Trick Daddy interact with all these celebrities and cook and all that shit, and it's him and his natural element. It's not like a reach. Uh, so it's like, you know, when you start throwing these, like, little darts out there, you know, once you put content on the internet, the rule of the internet is once you put it out there, it doesn't belong to you no more. Right. It's it's ours. It's everybody's content. So people are going to chop this up and try to reframe it and remix this and kill the context here and drop you in on this point right. or whatever, whatever, to try to stir controversy and push attention and views to their page, whether it be a YouTube page, a Twitter page, an Instagram page, whatever the case may be. So essentially in the last, you know, week or so, 
it's reignited because this clip is like resurfacing, like think and grow rich. It's mm. like a fucking like how books get reunited. These we're starting to see now these older right. months ago, year ago, whatever clips get reignited, reignited. I saw this week they didn't repurpose the Jay Z. Uh, I think we passed Neilan's speech into a clip to where now they killed the context, cut it off. The we passed Neilan, it drops in on the. You got to ask people, what have they done? 365 days a year last year, I could tell you what I done. And I'm just like, y'all know he said we passed kneeling yeah. right before it is, right? Yeah. He ain't all, fuck that. This is inspirational. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's the internet, and that's the, that's the content <laughs> game. We're going to strip all of the context yeah. from this and make it mean what we want it to mean and make it represent what we want it to represent. And because, <laughs> and because Cam is... Dude, it's just fucking hilarious. Because Cam, because Cam is the petty king, he can't resist the opportunity to go at anybody. Yeah. So he's basically made the John where it's like, Nori, you cool, fuck your man Joe Button. And then there's this whole thing. And, you know, 50-year-old niggas is telling each other, you know where, where you at, yeah. you know where I'm at, I'm in Jersey, yeah. pull up. And, and it's just like, all of this is goofy. Yeah. I'm about to go to my class at the Y, <laughs> nigga. Where are you at? Where are you at? Yeah. I'm about to go to Soul Cycle, yeah. nigga. Pull up. And uh, it's just it's just generally ridiculous. And, um, you know, y'all all have been very successful to and through hip-hop. Joe's been now even more successful in the media game or whatever like that. He's Joe Budden Podcast, State of the Culture. Uh, what, what was, was the original sh- name? I'll name this later or whatever. I'll name this podcast later. Everyday Struggle, uh, The Pull-Up, like Cash App Sponsorship, Patreon Partnership, all of this different stuff. So it's like, what are we what do we have to be mad about? Like y'all are all collectively in a space that a lot of people that are in the content spaces are striving to be in and be a part of, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if not just for the attention, but for, you know, the money and the access to capital, access to, inf- to information, access to opportunities and all of that shit. But, you know, as black people, cause we hate each other, we just find ourselves in this position where every little thing like niggas never take the time to like, get on a phone call, say what they got to say, flesh something out, conflict resolution, de-escalation, none of that. It's right to the gram. This is how we mitigate problems in the black community. Instagram. Instagram. That's niggas' weapon of choice. You know what I'm saying? And it's like people feel like if I won on Instagram, I won. That's what I said. If you went on Instagram, you won. said it. If If you won on Instagram, you won. And that's a crazy, like, cultural point of reference when you realize, like, how how much bigger the rest of the world is. <sighs> you worked in a corporate setting. Yes. I worked in a real job. You know, <laughs> Several for, corporate you settings, know. unfortunately. And you remember inner office politics. Yep. I think we all kind of understand Gotta go that. along to get along. Right. We, we kind of all understand that. And you know that there, will, there might be a promotion that is supposed to be yours, but it goes to somebody else because the the person running the department is friends with them or yep. they hang out or they whatever, like them whatever. Better. you know. And for me, where I was at before, where it was like, you know, working a job where, you know, you kind of just come, you got your employee number, you get paid every fucking week and you go ahead about your BI. Mm-hmm. You know, you really don't have to put much thought because I wasn't trying to climb up no ladder. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I wasn't trying to ascend through the company. So I didn't really have to worry about inner office politics. I kind of could tell everybody to kiss my black ass whenever I felt <laughs> like it, which is kind of what I did. And I'm in a union, pussy. <laughs> which is kind of what I did. 
being in this situation where me and you are basically, you know, in the words of the the, the great legendary wordsmith Juvenile, you trying to turn nothing into something, huh? Like that, like that's reality. Like we are trying to ascend and rise up. So at every level, you almost look for somebody who's in a better position to extend the olive branch or extend the hand. And what I've seen over the last couple of years is motherfucker fuck extending a hand at times. Cut your hand They'll off. cut your fucking <laughs> hand off. Now well, you that's your hand. That's your hand right there. Let me see that. Let me see that. Cut your fucking yeah. hand off, man. He's, Got a he's, Rolex with him taking that too. Like they will literally cut your hand off. And I'm looking at this situation where, never mind Cameron for a second, because I think what him and Maze do with uh, it is what it is is just something totally left, it's completely left the center. But I look at Joe Button with the Joe Button podcast, where your podcast is so big. Like you just said, you have a Patreon partnership. Your podcast is so big that you lost the the other 60% of your show. Like, that's it was you, Rory, and Maul. Yeah. 30, 30, 30. If 30 and 30 is 60. Like, 60% of the host yeah. of this show left. Or y'all fell out, however the fuck you want to word it. And you came back with a guest collective that, I mean, a, a co-host collective that, I'm going to be frank, a lot of us aren't really crazy about yeah there are some people who like ish there are some people who like uh ice um i like ice a lot you know what i'm saying but the whole melissa ford queens flip that like it's people who are just like what's going on but through it's digital wu-tang clan it's the yeah but you have your situation where you turn down the spotify thing and all you're the biggest i literally saw something the other day the complex thing i think they had him at number one yeah yeah like I don't agree with that, but they had Joe Button as the number one most important figure in hip-hop media. You've earned that. Noriega. They had him, I think, at number five or six, five or six which I thought, was, I thought Nori could have been a little higher. Yeah. Y'all are the biggest, I said on Patreon, y'all are the biggest platform in urban hip-hop video. There is nothing out here fucking with Dream Champs. Yeah. Y'all two niggas is at the top of the mountain. And I'm kind of just overseeing blacks at the top of the mountain trying to figure out why everybody is placed on the mountain or where they at in their journey up the mountain. Yeah, It's kind of ridiculous after a certain point because I'm someone who's trying to come up the mountain and I'm not bothering anyone. That's the wildest part of all of this shit. Where it's like, you just, you just climbing up the mountain. <laughs> just, just catch some shrapnel. Remember uh, prices right here? Are they, are they, are like, <laughs> you just coming up the mountain, yeah. yodeling, minding your business. And somebody who's in a far greater situation is like, look at this dickhead right here. And it's just like, God damn, dog, nigga ain't doing nothing. Beanie Siegel said it best. I hate a rich nigga that hate a rich I nigga. I hate a rich nigga that hate a rich nigga. Like, that's some real live shit. It's like, motherfuckers be miserable. And, 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 and the point that Beans was proving in, in saying that line is, it's like, no matter, if you a miserable motherfucker, no matter how successful you are, you still going to be miserable. Oh. You still going to be a fucking hater. Oh. Like, and what I've, what we found <laughs> over the years, interacting with a lot of these different people, these motherfuckers is miserable. They haters, mm. man. It's like, no, no amount of success that they get is going to satisfy these guys because they just generally fucking miserable. Yeah. And, you know, we we at times become super territorial. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think that's that's just natural life. People, That's the reason people got fences on their yards. You know what I'm saying? That's life. But seeing it unfold in something that's as new as urban media, like, 
it, think about all these different white media platforms. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Think about ABC and CBS and NBC and PBS and this, that, CNN, and MSNBC, the Weather Channel. Yeah, all this <laughs> shit where, like, Fox, all it, like, dog. And then you, you, we had BET, which was, like, black for, like, you know, a couple years. And then that just kind of went off of a cliff. And it's like, now that's over there. And it's like, you know, Puff is trying to get it back and ever, you know. But, like, we don't really have much media representation. So you see these little situations pop up. And then when they pop up, the first thing they doing is beefing with each other. Yep, it's the first shit that pops off. You would think, you would think at this point, post George Floyd, because that's a cataclysmic event that took place in American history. You would think, like in a post George Floyd society, that black people would just be way more cognizant about how they speak to each other and how we speak about each other. But niggas is just like, yeah, we kumbaya for six months. Fuck y'all niggas, mm-hmm. like, it's back to beefing. Like, because they niggas understand inherently that beefing manufactures attention, which you can turn around and monetize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got rumors that Leo Cohen was allegedly paying people to keep beefs going between yeah. rappers or something. I give 500000 put Pomo Jones up. Like, shit like that, because it, dri- it drives attention. Like... You know, niggas' whole thing is like, we can't get along, let's get it on. Niggas don't know how to peacefully coexist. No. I got to say what's on my mind. Yeah. I got to get it out. I got to let everybody know this nigga's a bitch-ass nigga. Yeah. Why? I don't know why. But a lot of these videos and a lot of these interviews, a lot of these situations, people are just coming across like assholes. Oh, and yeah. And that's not what... That's not what They're dr- weaponizing their success. Yeah, and that's not what drawed us to you. Like, I didn't watch... Drink Champs or watch Drink Champs because I thought Nori was like a colorful asshole. I watched it because I thought Nori was entertaining and yeah. I thought as ridiculous as he is as far as like being journalistically in like having journalistic integrity, I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't watch it because it's like you was on some Shawn Michaels shit. Right. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, the top heel of the podcast. Yeah, like game. the top heel <laughs> of the <laughs> podcast were like it wasn't that. You know, even Joe Buttons, you liked it because it was a cool alternative to what media was and the fact that Joe was just so raw and honest about yeah. everything. He'd give an honest opening. About opinion. relationships, about the music industry, about janky business practices, about what's going on. The, I tell people, the best run of podcasts in history is those last 11 episodes before Joe and company left Spotify. That is the best encapsulation of media in the history of podcasting because he bared his soul and he let it all hang out. And this nigga counted them down. We got 10 more shows to go. Today, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this. And it's like you learned so much about business and business practices when it comes to trying to quantify value in a new industry in an mm-hmm. infancy in an industry that's in its infancy. How do you quantify value? So to go from that to like, oh, it's great to see niggas fail. It's just kind of like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, because that's not what we're here for. We didn't come to like you this, this isn't what the fuck we gravitated towards. This isn't the reason we like you. This isn't the reason some of us love you. Like this ain't that. You know what I mean? Like into the it's the equivalent of like paying, bringing it back, paying to go to the fucking. $500 uh, uh, class and then getting there and the fucking orator get up there and be like, all right, first rule of business, all of y'all some dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> you feel slighted. You gave me your money. You are a fucking yeah, asshole. You, you, you'd you are feel, a numbskull. You'd feel slighted. And I wished, I personally just wish there was a little bit more camaraderie when yeah. it came to a lot of this new age urban media. Because at the end of the day, this shit is so no, so, excuse me, so new that a lot of us, a lot of us don't know where this shit is going or where it's going to end up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We kind of just put our train on the track early and we going. We don't know. We're going to end up in Oregon and California, but we yeah. on the, tr- you know what I'm saying? We riding. And a lot of people have gotten to a point now, like black people do, where, you know, if a nigga make $20,000, you know what he doing? He got his arm out with the whole 20 <laughs> on the arm. Yeah, he go to 20 right here. <laughs> Beans, nigga. Beans, nigga. 20. Big faces. Greens. Benjamin. Your Jones green, my Jones blue. Nigga. You know what I'm saying? It's that shit. Then you look over here and you realize that there's someone who makes $20,000 a second. Yeah. And he ain't beefing with nobody. In fact, he got partnerships with this. Literally, you go through Amazon Prime now, it's like 19 different sponsorships for different networks mm-hmm. through Amazon. I watched the History Channel through Amazon Prime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Collaboration over competition. That's reality. But it's, I look at us at times where it's like, why do it always got to be East versus West? Bad Boy versus Death Row. Why do it always got to be Rock versus The Locks? Why do it always got to be Rick Ross versus, like, why do it, uh, Cardi versus Nicki? Yeah, Light Skin versus Dark Skin. Why do it got to constantly just be something going on? The Willie Lynch letter. <sighs> That's why. Oh. <laughs> they, 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 that shit is programmed into our fucking Genetic coding at this point. It's like I, in our I'll damn keep it above with you for all of the nonsense that is going on behind the scenes and the the alleges, the allegations with us and all these. Uh, you know what, John? Still, like, kind of irritates me when people come to me and be like, "Yeah, man, y'all the only podcast I fuck with. Fuck them other niggas." And I just be like. Yo, I never once put that energy out. Yeah, so I didn't it just ask be, for this. Huh? Like, I didn't ask for yeah, this. Yeah, like, it, it just be kind of, like, ridiculous that, like, this is, th- that's how people operate. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. If motherfuckers could, when they walk into Burger King and they be like, I take your order, y'all don't fuck with McDonald's. Let <laughs> get a Whopper with motherfuckers. <laughs> that's how people. Niggas at McDonald's some bitches. They some pussies over there. Give me a motherfucking Whopper with cheese. Like, that's the way we, like, are trained to be. So I see it a lot, especially in this where, like you said on Patreon the other day, everybody got more work to do. Yeah. Everybody got more money to make. Everybody got more land to cross and more sea to cover. Everybody got more shit that can be done and needs to get done. So to see us get to these points where it's like, you niggas is lame or y'all some losers or y'all on some weird shit. and When in reality, you wasn't on no weird shit when you started. Yeah. You just started. That's it. That's that's 100% it because I'm going to keep it a buck with you. There's a market for everything. Absolutely. Me, personally, I don't like getting kicked in the nuts. It's motherfuckers out here that will pay bitches to kick them in the nuts. All night long. All night. <laughs> keep kicking, bitch. <laughs> 20,000. All, all blues. Keep kicking. Like, that's reality. There's a market for everything. So the fact that y'all, with your big-ass market shares, be trying to get in the way of somebody else getting to their market and fully succeeding on their mission yeah. is dis- – I hate seeing this shit. And when it comes to this shit, I said on Patreon, I just hope I don't have to build Goldberg Spear somebody. Because I got a bad knee. I'm not trying to do that. But y'all be like – y'all. it's so annoying that it's just constantly a theme all the time. Yeah, and you don't never another country. You don't never just get where you just look up and you see black creator, black creator kicking it with black creator no. doing something. With, you know who do it though? For as much flack as all these niggas get, you know who do it? Who get it? 
the YouTube, the TikTokers, the yep. Instagram, all of them understand that. Mm-hmm. I just watched the damn vlog the other day with uh, Kai and I show speed together. You, you, you look up these motherfuckers that's just always with each other around Aiden, each other creating Aiden, shit. Aiden Ross, who at the time was the biggest streamer out there, he embraced Kai Sinai and they started doing content together and hanging out and this, 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 and this. And Kai eventually passed Aiden. Nobody's tripping. Aiden bought Kai a fucking AP for his birthday. Mm. Nobody's tripping. You know why? Because we all getting we money. all making money. We that's really making money. Yeah. So it's like if my, so that'd be my, my, un, my misunderstanding with everything that we just spoke about because as niggas is really getting as much money as y'all say y'all getting, why are you so mad? Dog. 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 Why are you so mad? It makes zero sense. It make, and here go the craziest part, yo, and I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, I don't even want the things that these motherfuckers have. Like, I don't, I don't want to yeah, be... I'm not in, coveting nothing that y'all I, I, have. I don't want to be in the way of none of your bitches. I don't want none of you... I, I, like, I... I don't. Yeah. I don't want to come to your parties. I, I don't want any of that. I want skate with it. I don't want to kick, kick it. I, like, trust and believe me, bro. I don't want none of that shit. So if I'm not in the way of nothing, if I'm not speaking bad on you, if I'm not being ill towards you, and you making millions, tens of millions, yeah. what the fuck? Jay said it best. Jay got a line for everything. Sure. We don't do the same shit. We don't, we don't fuck the same bitches. Don't hang out the same places. Don't shoot at the same basket. Don't get the same money. What is it I'm missing? Like, how am I in the way? What is it I'm... If I'm uh, doing something totally counter to what you're uh, doing, how am I in the way? Uh, and you the one that's mad. It makes zero sense. You're <laughs> married, you're filthy rich, and I don't do what you do. Why the fuck are you worried about anything that's going on? <laughs> Especially beneath you if you're not trying to help. Yeah. That makes zero sense. But that's what always ends up... And not, not even podcasting, just urban culture. That's just the goings-ons of it. Today, in the interview yesterday, the, the presser, they asked LeBron, how does he feel about going up against Steph Curry now for the fifth time in the playoffs? LeBron said, man, I honestly never thought it would happen again. Think about it. LeBron was in the East, yeah. Steph Curry was in the West. Once the Warriors had all their injuries and LeBron left the East Coast and went to the Lakers and they kind of started out the gate slow. Remember, he had the groin injury. They didn't make the playoffs. Of course, he's just like, yeah, you know, like, this, you know, it was an afterthought. But he was like seeing it now and actually knowing, like, damn, one more time we're going to actually go and be able to get it on. He's like, I love it. I respect Steph Curry. I love him. I think he absolutely changed the game. He's one of the greatest ever. He is the greatest shooter ever. I'm, I'm just like nothing but respect and love and admiration for him. That shit said on ESPN. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to make this shit Don't want to misquote him. I don't want to misquote this nonsense. It said, are we buying the LeBron praise for Curry? And I'm like... Huh? That's what we're trained to do. Divisive media. Divisive media all the fucking time. The man, that's that really happened. That's really happened. Mm-hmm. The man literally gave nothing but utmost respect to the man. And literally, it's like, y'all think he's telling the truth. <laughs> Is we buying this shit? What do we think? Give it a, give it a score, one to ten. Yeah, yeah. And then to go a step further, they had their special analysts come and analyze the series. <laughs> and it wasn't Tim Legler or Woj or Jalen Rose. It was Snoop Dogg who got the... <laughs> I'm just like, Snoop yeah, Dogg man. coming through with the, with the A1 level uh, yo. analysis. Yo, man. You know, you, you, you know whoever scored the most points going to win. Dog, dog, dog. You know defense win championships just hit you with mad cliches. And Snoop just as 15. fried as he wanted to be. <laughs> Snoop said, I ain't going to hold you. They was like, who you think? Who you think? Is the most scary team left in the in the playoffs, and he was like, "Uh, shit, man, I, the Heat. What they did to the Celtics, man. I mean, come on, 
And Stephen A was like, me and the Bucks. Yeah, them too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is your analyst. <laughs> yeah, but they did to them too. But it's just like, yo, man, end of the day, I look at look at Snoop. That's a perfect example. Snoop dead ass went out there and was the ringmaster. He was the master of ceremonies for WrestleMania this year. Shane O'Mac came in the ring and blew his quad as an ode to his father. <laughs> and Snoop had to improvise and snuff the Miz and hit him with the uh, the Crips elbow. <laughs> and, and the shit wound up being funny. And it worked. It worked. Dog. Snoop and Kevin Hart had a show on Peacock where they was doing commentary about the Olympics. But think of this is the point I'm making. When Snoop Dogg shows up at WrestleMania... Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, goddamn Jesse Ventura. Like, ain't, ain't nobody like, what the fuck is he doing here? How the fuck you give that to him over Michael? What's the uh, uh, the one with the goatee? You used to always do the shit when Jim Ross was down. Michael, uh, Michael Cole. Michael Cole. Like, nobody, they embrace Snoop. Yeah. Snoop brought Rey Mysterio out to nothing but a G thing, and the DJ mixed it with Rob cheating still with the Eddie Guerrero drum. Like, they embraced the motherfucker. All these other cultures understand this shit. Yeah. Look at just how easily Peter Rosenberg shifted from Hot 97 to hip hop to WWF. To the wrestling guy. No one's tripping. But let somebody who's part of the culture try to do anything <laughs> in the culture. Who the fuck is this? Get Who some the... breakfast. You get... Gotta get some breakfast. <laughs> nigga, get some turkey sausage. Dish, nigga. Uh, dog. Nigga, we eating chicken sausage, bitch dog. ass nigga. Dog. I watch people like Snoop, like Rick Ross, like Trick Daddy be so pragmatic with their personalities and be able to just, just be able to transition into all these things. And the people there love them and let them rock. Let them rock. But in our situation, it's like, wait, you look like me. You sound like me. You understand the same things I understand. But you think you can just exist out here? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? And you can make money on the same earth I live on, nigga? But here go the flip side, and this is joint we don't want to talk about. People that ain't black, the mother nationalities, they get to move around freely through the culture. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves Yeah, they invited to the cookout. Oh, yeah, invited to the cookout all day. Don't get me and started then, on that. Like, when niggas do get together to do some content, you end up with a John like Envy and Charlotte or Million Dollars Worth of Game where it becomes a dick measuring contest where we pulling out contracts and talking about who make more money and this and this and Envy throwing shots at Joe. So it's like even when we collaborate, it's still used yeah. in a we're still weaponized in a way to go and shit on somebody else that's outside the circle. What are we doing? It's very strange. You know what I'm saying? It's very weird. And it gets it gets it gets murky after a Joe while. Joe Budden made a really good point on his show this week. And he said, he's like, yo, I would think that, you know, six, seven, eight years into this thing, like we are now, everybody's role should be clearly defined. Everybody's, you know, made their money, made their strides, whatever, whatever. And I would think that by now we've all settled into who we're gonna be and that we're secure enough to stop, like, having these issues. And it's like, yeah, that's a great point to make. However, you just encouraged Nori to kick up all this nonsense a few months back or whatever. So it's like, I don't know how serious, you know what I mean, I can take this. Yeah. Brilliant point, but your history says something different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I have trouble. And this is why I, I at times think, like, is hip-hop, and urban media ever going to reach those heights? 
like ever reach those pinnacles of like a Walter Cronkite. You understand what I'm saying? Or a Diane Sawyer or a Ed Bradley. I mean, we have the personalities. We have the personalities, but my thing is I've never seen Walter Cronkite come on the evening world news and say, Ed Bradley, a bitch. Let's get to the news tonight. <laughs> I've never seen Ed Bradley come on 60 Minutes and that shit be like, just starting off the show here. These niggas ain't getting no money like I'm getting it. But uh, what? <laughs> I've never seen that. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't know if it's ever going to make it to that Platinum point. rolling. Bust <laughs> down. Platinum bust down. Bust down from the factory, broke ass nigga. Now to this news. Now to this news. <laughs> like, think about how ridiculous Jerry Springer was. Rest in peace to the goat Jerry Springer, too, by the way. Think about how ridiculous Jerry Springer was. You ain't never seen Jerry on that show say, yeah, Mario pussy. Yeah, Mario ain't getting no money like yeah. me, bitch ass nigga. And his corny Chinese hoe. Like, <laughs> you ain't never seen I got that. real authentic white trailer <laughs> trash bitches on my show. Niggas could never. Dog, man. It'd be, it'd be a burnout, yo. It'd just be like of a frying. What movie was that where, where the boy was like, don't you niggas ever get tired of this shit? Still. Still. Some juice. Yeah, still I, some that's juice. one of my favorite little don't you, wit- yes. don't you niggas get tired of this shit? Don't you get tired of this shit? Pac, laid that nigga out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. Bishop shot me. He shot everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He shot everybody. No, still gave it up immediately when he came to the hospital. Bishop shot everybody. <laughs> that nigga's running wild with that little revolver. Nigga <laughs> had six bullets to terrorize the whole neighborhood. The 90s was crazy, yo. Bishop had six bullets. He terrorized his crew, Rodimus. Like, everybody got it, dog. Pac dead ass has six slugs. <laughs> Put that neighborhood on alert. Put this work in, nigga. <laughs> oh, shit. He said, yeah, no, we just, you know, tell him we lost straight. Can't keep up with a man at a party. <laughs> Pac like he was crazy. Pac dead ass killed this man and went back to the party. Like... Sicko, man. Straight sicko. That's some funny ass shit. What else we got, man? Topic wise this week, man. That's hilarious. Uh, let's. I'm gonna give some claps, man, for uh, somebody that I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, somebody I that say, I, I didn't do anything. Yeah, somebody week, that. Uh, somebody that. Uh, <laughs> what are we clapping about? <laughs> somebody that lied about their case, cooperated with the federal oh, government, and Lord, still got to yeah. go to jail. Yeah, man. Let's clap it up for Troy Avenue. Yeah, man. The first nigga ever to tell and still got to go sit your ass down. Uh, let me read this exact post because the post was I'm nuts. telling y'all, it is hilarious. The post was nuts, man. It is hilarious. So let's pull this post up, man. Uh, let me give it to you. No, I got it right I don't here. Troy Ave speaks out before being sentenced. Would you believe after all the evidence I gave, I still have to go to jail? Uh, and would you, this is, that was the opening sentence. And would you believe after all the evidence, I still got to go to jail? <laughs> Sad, Sad face, yeah, the emoji even though I it. feel like it's self-defense, even though I feel like my friends should have took some of the weight off my shoulders, that ain't the reality. The reality is in New York, we don't have traditional self-defense. The reality is I'm charged with attempted murder on the person that shot a bunch of innocent people, attempted to murder me, and killed a real one, Rip Banger. I'm charged with possession of his weapon, 
The reality is that my friends who were in the car were only down for the good times. They weren't down for the bad times. They weren't down to take a gun charge while I took the attempted murder and weapons possession. That's when the concept of team became a myth. That's when I realized, in all caps, the streets is a myth. But regardless of that, I'm going to take whatever comes with this with my chin up and learn from my mistakes. So you or your peoples don't make the real, don't make the same ones. Everybody claims that they real until they get put in a real situation. Don't ride for people that's just riding with you and not willing to ride for you. Exclamation point. Hashtag rip banger. Real ones live forever. My sons won't make my mistakes. Hashtag us never them. Hashtag free Troy Ave. And my favorite one. Hashtag real man. Yeah. Uh. You bitch ass nigga. <laughs> you bitch ass nigga. Congratulations. You bitch ass nigga. What is your bigger? You hate Troy. Ass, I hate man. Troy. Ass. What, what, what is it? He represents all the worst parts of like young black male uh, like arrogance and like braggadociousness. And my biggest gripe with him is that he is totally fucking delusional. Like he speaks as if he's like Fifty Cent or Jay Z or. T.I. or Lil Wayne, or he's, like, accomplished so much in, like, this rap game to where he can, you know, dictate certain, like, cultural cues and espouse certain, like, moral codes and denounce certain things that predate all of us. So the, the whole premise of, like, the streets is a myth is essentially you trying to make the claim that because things didn't go your way, oh, the man, this is bullshit. And it's like, no, the streets are real. The streets are very real. The streets have real people in it, real consequences, real pitfalls, real jail time, real murders, real shootings. Mm -hmm. The streets is as real as it gets. And it's absolutely imperfect. But when you sign up for the streets, you know that. And there's typically somebody that tells you, yo, you know, once you start playing a grown man game, it's grown man consequences and grown man rules to this shit. And sometimes the nigga closest to you will cross your ass. Sometimes the person that you think going to hold it down, don't hold it down. Shit not always going to go your way. Sometimes you think you got the drop on a nigga, and then he reverts that, and now he got the drop on you. Like, that's the fucking streets. It's all dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So to say that the streets is a myth, no, you're you're quite wrong. The streets is very real. The streets is very concrete, very tangible. But the problem is, is that the streets have claimed the lives of so many good and positive people that you can say something as ridiculous as the streets is a myth and people get emotionally triggered to the fact of, oh, I lost a cousin, I lost a friend, this, this, and this. So it. He's basically riled up like a hive of people who think in reverse like he does. And he does so much like capping and not holding himself accountable for his actions like and trying to like talk his way out of situations. And just as a man, I just don't respect that because as a man, you, we make certain decisions in life and we got to live with the consequences of our actions. However it go, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, you got to stand up and hold yourself accountable to your actions. And I just feel like he never does that. It's always somebody else's fault. 
when you start having certain situations and music business one go, a whole vein did this and that, and he's a bitch ass nigga and fuck his daughter, and it's like, wait a minute, this right. somebody that you rode around with and allegedly did street business with, in addition to music business, and it's like, soon as he no longer serves the purpose that you need him to, you just throw your man under the under the bus. And Hovain was a good nigga. I I'm met Hovain. I knew Hovain. Hovain was a good nigga. So it's like. Damn, like, you're not loyal to nothing or nobody. You don't have no internal dialogue to where even if you thinking some shit that's, like, crazy as fuck, you're not even going to take the time to just keep it to yourself or say it in your crib. You want to let us know all the inner workings of all the fuck shit that you got on your mind at all times. Right. And it's like, I sat on the show with, uh, with, with, with Breakfast Bars, with, with Legend and, and Nerd. Whatever you tell me you are, I believe you. If you tell me you a gangster, you tell me you fucking all the bitches, you tell me you getting all the money, you got all the dog food, we, we selling more ice than uh, motherfucking Zamboni operators. Whatever you want to tell me that you doing, I believe you. If you tell me you, I'm a bitch-ass nigga, I don't want no truck, whatever you tell me, I believe you. So then when you turn around and tell me something else immediately after that, it's like, well, what happened to what you just told yeah. me? For seven years, you told me you was the gangster and this... Oh no! I changed my mind. The streets is a myth. <laughs> I changed my mind. I had a second to think about it. You know, now that I'm in a jam, I realize that no. this shit is actually is not what is. Yeah, it, it's never been what it's cracked up to be. Right. Biggie told us years ago, the streets is a short stop. Like either you selling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. And aside from that, <laughs> when you in the streets, you are on a fast track to death or prison in most cases. Mm. Everybody doesn't come out unscathed like Baby and uh and Jay Z. Like everybody doesn't have that that success story to be able to tell. It's way more niggas that can tell you about how they cousin or they uncle whatever got 40, 50 years in prison than can tell you about oh well he made it big in the music industry. He started a music company and then now he's a executive and he's he hang out with L. A. Reid like mm. that's that's not likely. And I and I and you know a lot of um, just a lot of what I was brought up on is based around like certain elements of like street culture, certain shit you do and you don't do. I got an uncle doing forty years, man. And they was living that life, man. Yeah. He was he was he was really living that life, and he took what the fuck came with that shit. Like they did everything they could within you know the parameters of the street code to try to free this nigga up. He he he's he's bearing the weight for. The consequences of his actions. Yeah. That's usually the way that it's supposed to go. But now it's just like, oh no, this nigga did something. And my, to say my friends were supposed to carry the weight for these guns is like, huh? Yeah. What brain, like, what side of your <laughs> brain are you operating with that you think like that? That's one normal to say, and and, and two that like that you are somebody that's so up here that your life is worth more than theirs. Niggas told on Mike Vick when he had a $140 million contract. If you think niggas not about to throw your $5 ass under the bus <laughs> <laughs> so that they can spend Christmas with their kids and wear yeah, magic pajamas, yeah. you got another thing coming. You got man. another thing coming. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, uh, when I saw the post, I was, the, the the sad emoji took me out. I mean, I fell out when I see that Can shit. Can you believe? <laughs> you niggas believe? <laughs> I still got to go to jail, nigga. Did it, how much time is he getting? Did it, uh, that, they don't know yet, okay. but he's basically charged with possession of uh, three weapons. Three years for three weapons? New York City? 
Wayne got a year, but Wayne didn't have no prior charges neither. <laughs> like a year? Plaxico a year. Yeah. <laughs> if you factor in all the tell it he did. <laughs> he was great for us. That's funny as shit, man. So, um, what else you got over there? Uh, oh, you want to talk about the Met Gala? Oh, okay, yeah, the Met Gala. Um, okay, I'm not. Uh, I still don't understand the purpose of it. Not gonna hold you. Looks like just a big high fashion party the first uh, Monday in May of every year. I still don't quite know what it's for. I think it's just a new, they, come up with a theme. they have a theme. Yeah, yesterday the theme was Carl Carl Lagerfeld. Lagerfeld. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, essentially, like uh, Sh- Chanel, certain eras of Fendi, uh, tweeds, uh, bold colors like red. Um, he had the the like you know the skinny ties and the you know the white signature shirts and stuff like that. Um, so it's just like various, I guess the you know the various eras of like Karl Lagerfeld or whatever. Is Karl Lagerfeld alive? No. Okay. Passed away. Okay. So yeah. So they they had the Karl Lagerfeld theme, and um, I ain't gonna hold you, motherfuckers was putting it on last night, man. Y'all, I saw a lot uh, of people. I thought, I, and I I didn't. I you know it's funny because like every it, 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 there are a couple people I follow. Like uh, one guy with the high school with he's super into fashion, and another, another girl I know she posts about it all the time, and they're posting like every single. Yeah. And I'll look at it, and I'll be like. I think that looks good, and I got to check the comments to make sure. <laughs> and you see all the flame emojis, you're like, oh, I was right. <laughs> then you see somebody and be like, she looks a mess. But then you see, girl, work, yes. And I'll be like, okay, maybe I missed it. Mm-hmm. Then I see something, I'm like, damn, that's hot. And then people are like, absolutely no, this isn't it. You right. And I'll be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. So these are my immediate takeaways. Yeah. Um, I thought Idris Elba looked like MC Hammer. It was definitely it was definitely some hammer time going. It was on. given it was given too legit to quit. I love the jacket, but then when I seen the pants, I was like, yeah, I don't know about the pants. It was given. That's that's the thing. It's like flowing through the leg. That's the that's the thing. I was surprised Shay didn't have some big ass pants on because that's his twist. His his he want all of the boot cut op, uh, Jones or whatever like that. But yeah, Shay Shay smoked it. I thought Shay looked pretty decent. Yeah. The best joint I've seen, to me, I thought this was cool. Yeah. I don't know who that is, though. Uh, who is this? Conan, Conan Gray. That's Conan his name. Gray. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny uh, uh, killed it with the all-white, and then he had the- Didn't uh, he have on, like, a dress, though? No, he had an all-white twill suit on, but then he had the rose, like a- It was like a, a shawl with a train. Okay. All white roses or whatever like that, but it was like you know you see there was other pictures. Yeah, I thought Shade yeah Shay was killed hot. it. Yeah, yeah, Shade killed it. Asap Rocky did literally did the did look for look the way that Carl Rock did or whatever with the with the kilt and all of that. That was like a straight Carl Lagerfeld look. Um, Rihanna had like the Chanel roses. Um, it was like a almost like a hoodie or whatever. It was like a headpiece that went down to her stomach and then he took it off and then it was just a white dress. Right. Doja Cat came as a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and meowed. And meowed. <laughs> I, I thought Ice Spice looked pretty good. I didn't even see Ice Spice. I probably was asleep yeah, by the time. 
Okay. All right. I think she's nice looking. Yeah, she's real good looking. Did you see her? She had a street interview. Uh, the dude was like, yo, um, can I make you squirt? It was like, you know, like them. them oh, yeah, uh, I seen it, but yeah. I didn't click it's on it. It's just like, can I make you squirt? She's like, I actually make myself squirt all the time. He was like, oh, man, you're you're filthy. I was talking about this and gave her a soda. Squirt. <laughs> uh, who else was there that I saw? Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian killed Yo, her. Kim Kardashian. Is, like, people hate on her. Kim Kardashian always yeah. looks good, though. My favorite look of the night. Well, my favorite person of the night and my favorite look of the night was Cardi B. Cardi B with she had, so her pre-show dress was like the pink joan, fire. Then her actual red carpet joan she had on the uh, it was like a black velvet uh, ball gown, like shaped out whatever like that, and it had the uh, like the Chanel embroidery and the flowers like all over it or whatever. Um, and then d- for the actual party, she had on uh, like a white, pink, and black twill suit that was a two-piece, like a Chanel suit. Looked like something Fran Drescher would wear. Janelle Monet, Can we talk about Janelle Monet? I love Janelle Monet. so Janelle Monet, like you said it the other day, she was down 3-0, yeah. and she has figured out a way to just become like the baddest chick on, on Earth. Uh, on Earth. And she went all them years dressed like fucking Dutch Schultz. <laughs> and, and, and to see her now, like Ross said the other day, was like, yeah, she she would dress like the Monopoly man. <laughs> <laughs> and we started going down the hole of like being funny. I'm like, yeah, I remember when I first seen her, she was dressed like Albert Anastasia. <laughs> and it's like to see her now where like everything she does is like, you know, Excuse my French, as a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, all the it's, time. Uh, her frame now is bad bitch. It's bad as shit. Right. Every frame is bad bitch. Like, the promo photos for her for her new record. Uh, her Instagram. Like, even, like, her preparing for the damn, uh, for the NBA uh, celebrity game right. or whatever like that. Her frame is bad bitch every time, and I'm here for it. Can I ask you this when it comes to these situations with the Met Gala? Um, Kim K. Kim K. look good. Boy. Uh, Paris Hilton look real good, too. Yeah, Paris Hilton look. I've just seen her. Is that the youngest sister? Yeah, that's Kylie. Kylie, <laughs> Kylie is a movie. Kylie some work. Who is that? What's her name? Lizzo. Lizzo. Lizzo look nice here. Yeah, I think she look real good right here. Lizzo needed to wear something that gave her more shape. I mean, like, 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 no, like if you find like the Cardi B picture, you'll see what I'm talking about, where it's like Cardi is small up top. So it's like we exaggerate how small she is up top. And then we flesh out like the bottom of the dress, like as far as like a silhouette, because it's like a it's a formal event or whatever like that. Whoever this is looks a mess. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Quinta, Quint, what's her name? Quinta. She looked OK. Not no, over the top. That's the crazy nigga from that joint. Uh, Mary J. Blige showed up looking like full Monet Tejada. Yeah, Mary J. Blige has gotten, she's gotten everything done. <laughs> Mary J. Blige got new cheeks, new breasts, new hands. Yeah. Like, everything looks, t- <laughs> it looks totally. Yeah, my alimony payments yeah. is, is under control because of this power check. You know what I'm saying? I'm back out here trying to catch. Jack Harlow came with his shit he had on the night before. <laughs> came from the club. Yeah. Can I ask you this when it comes to these situations? Do you feel like it's more so if we like the people 
than the actual fits. No. You don't think so? No, not in this setting. Because so, the- so let me ask you this. Do you, did you think Dwayne Wade and Gabby looked decent? Because people was hating. Oh, them. yeah, and Jenna Ortega smoked it, too. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday yeah. Adams. I love her. Uh, I got to see what they had. I kind of saw it and skipped over. So this is what Cardi had on. So when I say give her okay. more shape, where it's like... Oh, where it's a big-ass giant dress. Exactly. But it's like, it's you know, it's supposed to be like exaggerated fashion to a certain extent or whatever like that. Exactly. And then this is what she had on at the party. Yeah, Cardi titties. <laughs> Cardi is a movie. <laughs> like, like Cardi B is a movie. Okay. But yeah, then when you see uh, Bad Bunny when he took the shawl off or whatever. Okay, yeah. It's like a white twill suit or whatever. That was D-Wade and Gabby. No comment. But people was like, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade looked nice, but they didn't like Gabby makeup or the outfit. It kind of looked goth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. I don't like that she's the man in that relationship, so I got whole other issues. With- you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I think it's, it, it comes down a little bit to who y'all like and who y'all don't like. One thing, I like this big ass Cardi flashing in his joint. Yeah. Yeah, Cardi's figured it out. Cardi is a movie. I met her one time. She came to Vandy Grand. We booked Amigos. She came to Vandy Grand. And this was like, this is her first appearance out anywhere after um, after she had a uh, culture or whatever like that. <laughs> and she was in there. She was turning up, whatever. She just looked so good. She smelled. So, I just remember her. She smelled so fucking good. Like something I never smelled before. I'm like, damn, it's good to be rich. Yeah. She smelled amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cardi always looks the fuck nice. But yeah, with these Met Gala Jones, I, I I don't even know what I'm supposed to be looking for exactly. Him looking damn good. When I, when I see the pictures, I just see it and be like, oh, I like that or I don't like that. Yeah, it just I would never look like, we got to pray Yo. just to make it today. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for you to come out with that. That's funny as shit, yeah. Definitely with some too legit to quit shit going on. But people was like, he looked nice. And I'm like, yeah. I think it's just Idris Elba. And y'all Tiana like Teller Elba. killed it. I'm not crazy about Tiana Teller. I love Tiana Teller so much. I'm hoping Iman do some bullshit. Like whenever I see her, I think young Jamie Foxx. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Like I love Tiana Teller, man. You know. <laughs> but I think Janelle Monet has moved. Janelle Monet her. is, listen, she, you know. she went from worst to first, dog. Yeah. Now that she doesn't dress like Lucky Luciano, <laughs> she or the WB <laughs> frog. Winston Churchill. <laughs> yeah, she looked real good. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. She took that big-ass winter coat off, yeah. man. I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she looks like she tastes delicious. Yeah. That's another show. I think that's Patreon. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, did, did, w- 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 is, is it something you have to get invited to, or do you just? Yes. Definitely have to get invited. Anna Wintour has to invite you. Okay. And Anna Wintour is is what exactly? The uh, editor-in-chief of Vogue. Vogue. There you go. Right. So that's why Drake never gets invited to these things. Bingo. Okay. But Drake said in one of his songs, he can't get more than a plus one for the Mets. That's why he never go. Yeah, you got to bring the dogs. Yeah, got to bring the team. Yeah, I bring Chubb, <laughs> Nico, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that make all the sense in the world. 
Uh, you want to have a little music talk? For sure. Um, Rod threw out last night that there hasn't been a rap album to top the Billboard 200 this year. And I'm like, well, yeah, no one's. No Nobody's one, dropping. No one, no one's dropping because they're all on tour. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's going on tour. Um, is there an album coming out this year that you're anticipating at all? Uh, I don't know who the hell's coming out. That's how disjointed it is. Young Boy put two albums out. Um, he's about the only one. But uh, you know, SZA essentially has been carrying the bill to top five on Billboard. Going I back, I think to, she did like seven or eight straight weeks. Yeah, at number one, at number right? one yeah. and then she's still in the top three or top four or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, that or album like did, that did, did. album is killing. A question I got thrown to me on some music shit. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Two different people this week. Hit me up. One female, one male. Okay. Hit me up this week. They both went to Lil Wayne's concerts. One went to one in Toronto. One went to one in Carolina. Okay. Both of them said the same exact, almost like verbatim to me. Was like, yo, I went to Lil Wayne, John. Like, because, you know, we had conversations on here about how they put Lil Wayne against Jada. Then they had the Lil Wayne versus 50 Cent shit and all that nonsense. And I said on here, y'all don't even need to breathe these niggas' names near Lil Wayne. They both said they two different, two completely different sexes, different yeah, people yeah. in different places. <laughs> said I'm, I could show you the messages almost <laughs> verbatim. Like I went to Little Wayne's show this past week or last week or the other day mm-hmm. or whatever. Both of them said the same thing. Little Wayne came out on that stage with nobody and did two, almost two and a half. Hours of hits of un- like literally was like it was almost like you were in a trance like you forgot just how yeah. much shit little Wayne and it's just like both of them said the same thing I don't know if anybody could beat Lil Wayne in some and I'm just like well yeah <laughs> I'm like well yeah he has 185 Billboard um Hot 100 people. this is the point I was making in my own I'm like yo Lil Wayne dead ass started making music in the 90s. Not at the end of the 90s, yeah, neither. The 90s. Like the 90s. <laughs> Lil Wayne dead ass has a culturally relevant record from 1998. It's 2023. And this year, Lil Wayne has a culture. Think about it. That nigga got bling bling and God, God did. did. And everything and in between. And everything <laughs> in between. Like, the. It, it, it's an onslaught if he decides to just like he the little wink of dead has come out and tell the DJ we just gonna go by the year yeah crank the 99 shit up crank 2000 01 02 03 04 05 like whatever come on <laughs> and 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 my thing that they both was like I like literally both of them said the same shit I honestly think the only person in Lil Wayne's way is probably Jay. And I'm like, yo, I'm here to tell you, I don't know if Jay in the way. And I say that because I don't think Jay can get off the first half of his career. So if you got Jay 0102 beyond Mm -hmm. versus Lil Wayne 98 to infinity. Because outside of Can't Knock the Hustle, Jay's not getting on stage and doing Ain't No Nigga yeah. in 2020. Jay's not doing Money Cash Hoes. He's not doing Let me properly Lobster and Scrimp. Let me properly disclaim this. So that was a question I got asked. If, 01 on Jay if, to... If, 
if here's if everything is on the table for Jay in a perfect world, Beyonce gonna sign the permission slip, whatever. Tina Knowles ain't gonna get mad. Solange not gonna punch this nigga in his shit, and he's allowed to perform the whole scope of his catalog. Nobody can beat Jay Z in a versus. If, however, once you start stipulating certain stuff and removing vital elements of his catalog, he can be beat. The people that can beat him, we said the names: Little Wayne, Drake, Kanye West. Those are. Yeah, the I don't think that, Eminem and Nas, because people no. were throwing them in there, and I don't. I don't think them. No, even with the handicap. What would be the handicap? Oh, the the J handicap. Yeah, the J yeah. handicap. He's still beating uh, Marshall and and Nas. Unless it's like if we do the shit at Met Stadium, all right, Nas, you win. If we do the shit at Tiger Stadium, all right, M, you win. That's the only way that they beat him. Is regional bias. Yeah. Nas John would have to be like at Hype Williams' house. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have to be something crazy. I'm saying like it would literally have to be in Queens. Yeah. In Queens, but like, like on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> on the bridge. Yeah. Uh but when you give when you give Wayne that sort of advantage and say, yo, you going against the greatest. However, he's not playing nothing from Reasonable Doubt. Maybe one or two songs. He's not playing nothing from volume one. That means Streets is watching. <laughs> I think what they were both trying out. to get at was like a more realistic approach as to what gets performed or gets done at this point in life. And I, I'm thinking about it. And I, when she said, it, I'm just like, yeah, I really can't see Jay getting on stage and doing Ain't No Nigga. I really can't see him getting on stage and doing Is That Your Chick or what's the Timberland John from Volume 3? Uh, Big Pimpin'. Yeah. I just can't. And that's that to me are like, these are the records that kind of. That's why I said it's a handicap. It kind of made Jay. Yeah. But I, and, and I don't think you need to be like on some like, we gonna stipulate what you can and can't perform. I'm just saying as far as he's far gonna stipulate. What's, yeah, <laughs> what's gonna get? What would get performed? I really can't see him getting on stage and doing that. I think really. Uh, did you see recently he got on stage in London and he did can't knock the hustle. Paris, Paris, and in Paris, London, no, England, Paris, France, France. We bomb that shit all the time. The um. But he got on stage in Paris and he did Can't Knock the Hustle. Mm -hmm. And people were going because they was like, how often do you get to see? And I'm like, Can't Knock the Hustle is the one record that like he can always perform. Yeah, for sure. It's like just it's above, aspirational. It's above everything yeah. where it's not like. uh, What was the joint with Bleak? Oh, coming, coming of, age. of age. Like yeah. it ain't that. Like, yeah, know? none of the coming of ages are coming out. You in see no what I'm verses. Like even uh, uh, none of them songs with digging in the crates, digging it was a deep, diamonds in the rough and the ranges is yeah, coming out. Streets like, is watching. Like I don't see him performing that. I don't. But I think that's his path to victory is performing I records like that. Streets I, is I watching and Lucky Me and Friend like, of Foe. I love Friend all of Foe. These this can't be life. Uh, it's on with Beanie Siegel. Like that's his path. His clear path to victory is I rap better than all you niggas. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what Jay-Z wins at more than any other rapper. And this is just when you when you really look at just the, the sales throughout the career. Because, you know, Jay never really had that year where he was, like, crushing everybody and he was the most pop. Think about it. Jay didn't go number one on Billboard as a solo till the Alicia Keys situation. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. For, for a single, yeah. Right. Like, he, he was on Heartbreaker and shit as a feature and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, like, Jay never had these 
songs that were just like dominating the radio. Yeah, and he all that he, crazy he shit. existed in an era where, uh, you know, so that, po- post J into Ja Rule, then it started to be a thing of really dominating the Hot 100. Right before that, if you if you was rap and you made top forty, we popping champagne. So I look at it where it's like where J just moves past everybody is the B sides. Yeah, and like you just said, mm-hmm. those streets is watching this can't be life. All these records and. If it's a B-size, John, it's, it's him and Drake, probably alone. Yeah. Honestly, Lil Wayne with the freestyle shit might could come in there, but he don't got that many B-size, like, records. Right. But when you're talking about, like, a versus where you're just doing hits, that's why I say all the time, I, I think he can be beat. Because a lot of these records not really, like, hits. They're just good records that stick to the rib. Yeah. So a B-side, John, is an easy victory. Yeah, like, Dirt but Off we his shoulder. a hits battle? In a hits battle, Dirt Off his shoulder is a beatable round. Um, uh, uh, what's the, uh, uh, uh. Uh, Picasso Baby is a beatable round. Picasso Baby is my shit. Uh, Tom Ford is a beatable round. You know what I'm saying? It's it's beatable. beatable. Uh, Fuck with me, you know I got it. It's beatable. I don't know. A Millie. Yeah, no, I'm a Millie. (laughs) Is that what I'm saying? I was like, you got to consider, like, you know, who you going against. So it's like, yo, it's like his his 20 or 30 or whatever they determine it's going to be going to have to be, like, so on point when you facing, like, Anybody that's worthy of Jay even saying I'll entertain it, he gotta he's gotta be super tight for, it and vice versa. They gotta be super tight for him mm-hmm. because he got a lot of shit that we forget. Also, you know what I mean. Um, but the thing is, it's like you know, for somebody like Wayne, he's covered every every era and every side of the game as far as like he got a robust mixtape category mm-hmm. uh, a catalog he got a robust singles and features catalog he got a robust solo catalog then you got the fucking Drake Nikki X factors mm-hmm. or whatever it's like you got the most records with Drake and Nikki out of anybody that you can play he can play itty bitty piggy he can play fucking hell yeah fucking right he can play uh miss me like all of these yeah. fucking records yeah. that's like these these bombs to where it's like, damn, how do you beat that he shit? He could drop forever. Yeah. Yeah. He could drop Believe Me um, with, with Drake. He could, yeah. like, which was the, the lead song, single for Drake and Lil Wayne, Drake versus Lil Wayne tour, shit like that. Like, like the, the the concert he did in Toronto, did you see he he um, he um was he had the announcer was like, y'all gonna see Lil Wayne in a second, but Lil Wayne wanted to do something special. He wanted to give a local artist opportunity to come up here, hop on stage. <laughs> so, you know, we want to give you him the same respect that you would give Lil Wayne. Give it up for one of your local hometown artists here to open up for Lil Wayne. And it was Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... Drizzy Drake. Yeah, that's the type of shit that Lil Wayne can do. Like, <laughs> it just... And and both of them... It's funny. Like, I, it was, I'm telling you, it was almost verbatim. It was like, yo... Wayne's, you you almost like you almost can't compare it to nothing. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, because when he stopped the the actual music and decided to do this freestyle that took over Earth, like Swagger Like Us is his record. I mean, yeah. uh, uh Swag Surfing is his yeah, record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got like the Hustle Hard remix where no one gives a fuck about Hustle Hard. A- Ace Hood is a goddamn yoga instructor now. Yeah. No one cares about that record. But Lil Wayne's feature on that remix was so impactful that Live on Sunday, King of Diamonds yeah. Monday became a fucking staple of the cult. Like, it's just too much shit. We taking over. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, 
shit. Uh, Maybach. He's on like most of the Maybach yeah. music. So, like, he's on Soldier with <laughs> Destiny Child. Like, it's just it's endless amounts of shit that you could just cut on. Yeah, it's like what bag do we want to be in? Is is kind of like the thing. And I'm saying it's like yo, like I said about the Fifty Cent battle. I said yeah. I said if Mac Main picked Wayne records, Wayne gonna win fifteen to five. If Cortez Bryant picked Wayne Records. He wins thirty-seven to zero somehow in a twenty yeah. in a twenty-song battle, whatever the case may be. He got too much shit, man. Got too much shit. Another question I was posed with: um, Where are you at right now with sneakers and sneaker culture? I give up. Yo, I, I had the white flag. I was telling I was telling my home like me and shout out Dante. We was having a conversation the other day. Somebody had posted that they had the uh, Wizard Threes yeah. earlier, whatever, whatever. And I was like, yo, I I, I kind of disengaged like four or five years ago when I realized just how weird it had gotten. Where this is the normal flow of it. They post a sneaker that's coming out. Everybody be hyped like, oh, I want these. I want these. I want these. Then they release them through these apps and these drawings and all this stupid shit. And people go and get the sneaker Saturday morning because you got to be there at <laughs> 10 o'clock or about 10.30. And then they post the sneaker in their passenger seat yeah. on their way home on the Instagram. Had to buckle up, little buddy. Yeah, and, 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 and I just got to a point of just like, yeah, I think I'm just kind of over this. And then I realized every time a sneaker drops, it's worse quality than the last time for more money (laughs) for more bread and we see the sneaker come out and it's always the same shit the first week you see a rush to go get it to where the sneaker drops for 200 there's an instant rush on ebay and StockX and fucking goat that rises it up from 300 to 350 to 375 to 410 to 470 to where somebody's asking for 550 don't let it be a travis scott or a fucking uh, uh um uh uh what else was real big recently? Uh, with 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 New Balances, I got them on. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Joe Fresh, Joe goes. Fresh goods. Don't or let it Salehi be Salehi Bembry. One of them. Then the shit goes up seventy hundred, and you see this rush, and then two three weeks later, you yeah, about look, fifteen days later, <laughs> them bodega, uh, uh, what the blue and brown, the ninety six yeah, like yeah, this, yeah, yeah, the blue and brown. In a fifteen, them shits went all the way up to like fourteen hundred. And I was like, yo, this is kind of crazy. And somebody had a pair for like 910. Somebody had a pair yeah. for like 880. And I'm just like, this is nuts. No bullshit. Went and looked the other day. How much is they in a 15? 299. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn, that fast. Is How the mighty have fallen. Like, and, and the sneaker shit has just become like, it's taken on. A, it's almost like the Rolex, the mo- the watch. Mm-hmm. It's taken on a life of its own. And I'm glad where, you brought that up. To where you got so many people competing for some shit that was going on 20, 30 years ago. And me and Jules talked about the other, like, yo, we used to get player samples. Like, the sample created specifically for that player. I remember I got the Michael Finley player sample 15s. It was the white. Remember the 15s was black with the red in the middle. The Stevie Wonder, Overjoy commercial, Mary J. Blige. His Jones was white with the blue middle. The back had a tag that said Finn, and it was a four on the tongue that you pulled. I bought a pair of them for $110. Dicked them. Got another <laughs> pair of eBay for $110. I wore them to Baltimore Harbor with the freeway. Remember when freeway did the she's burning up? Yeah. Yeah, the Los Angeles Laker, the, the blue and white yeah. uh, pullover yeah, with the yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. I had that hat, the pullover with those on. Wore them to Baltimore Harbor. Fucked those up down there with this big-ass scuff on the side. Got back on eBay and bought another <laughs> pair for $120. They were 100 bucks. Yeah. 
You know how much player samples cost? The cheapest player samples I've seen recently is a pair of Gerald Wallace 8s for like $3,500. We was getting player samples for a bean. Yeah, that's crazy. A bean. The Viatech Rainbow Dunks, they were 60 fucking bucks. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. We was ordering them shits from eBay, and when eBay stopped selling them, we was getting them from Nike Town, Hawaii. I remember wearing them to the park, and motherfuckers was like, what the fuck is those? Like, what the fuck are yeah. those? So for me to see Viatech Dunks now selling for $1,100 is like... Yeah, I, I just, just generally speaking, I've kind of tapped out and removed myself from it just because, like, I don't believe in jumping through hoops to spend my money. Right. Like, I just, I just think it's, like, something just inherently dysfunctional about that, like, having to jump through hoops and have a private shopper and this, 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 and then you end up looking like everybody else in the process anyway. So it's just like, yo, I just, like, you know, pride myself on – kind of wearing what I like, buying what I like. I've been wearing a lot of Solomons. I got some Travis Scott's on the day, the all black ones. I really like these. I, I pay above, you know, pay the resale price for them, whatever, whatever. And I was at peace with my decision because I'm going to wear my fucking that, shoes. That's another one where it's like, and we had the conversation about how you just said bringing up the watches. We had the conversation the other day on Patreon. Like, I don't buy anything with the intention of like, oh, this is for me to sell yeah. or, or get rid of. I really do like, yo, if I like it, like realistically, I saw the uh, the um, what just came out recently, sneaker wise that had a big commotion behind it. Not the SB fours. Not the SB fours. Um, because they was like right there. I could have got them, but I was just like, I don't want them because I'm not wearing them. Uh, what the fuck was it? It was in one of my sneaker groups. I know it was a New Balance. Oh, the nine nine twos, the oh, sky okay. blue green and the and the seaweed green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude yeah. hit me and was like, "Yeah, you know, he had them all, whatever, whatever." Fifteen, and I was just like. I don't really like nine nine twos. Like yeah. I don't like them on my feet. Like they they kind of like nine 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 threes. I don't really. I just don't like them on my feet. And I could have got them and turned around and tried to send them here and send them. But yeah. I'm just like I'm not jumping through hoops for some shit I don't know. And then we watched again the the blue the green the blue ones out the gate went up in price. The pink and the green didn't move. Yeah. You know which ones are the highest ones now? The green ones. And the pink and the blue is back damn near. The, and it's just like, I'm not doing that. So I've gotten to a point now where it's like, I'll buy a sneaker because I want it. Yeah, you, you have to or you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Because it's so hard to predict, like, what's going to actually have um, a lasting impact and go up in value. Uh, Ish was, was telling, telling us that basically it's like a theory right now in the sneaker industry that, like, there's no real uh, steady movement up on value with sneakers because Kanye isn't wearing sneakers. It hasn't worn sneakers for basically like the better part of the last two and a half, three years or whatever like that. Right. And it's like one of them things where it's like, it was like, well, you're like, damn, like, yeah, he didn't. So it's like, you know, only thing that's like really carrying certain values is Travis Scott, Joe Fresh Goods, uh, 
The Bimbries is still up there. Bimbries is still up there. Certain models or whatever. But he got to a point where he was doing so many so shoes. Much, like, look at so what much. happened with the Crocs. Yeah. Just, you know, too much. Yeah, the Crocs is back to being 90 bucks. Yeah, they regular price and shit. Crocs was $1,000. I'm going to just go get some Crocs. I'm going to just go get some Crocs. Yeah. The um, what, when I said when I brought up, you said that's a good thing you brought up with the watches. Right? Oh, that was because of like I, what I was saying, like having to like you know all of this artificial demand that's being created, yeah. and not have not wanting to have to jump through hoops to like spin your bread. Like it doesn't make sense. If I want to go buy a ten thousand dollar watch, I should be able to walk in a Rolex, buy a ten thousand dollar watch. I want to buy a fifteen thousand dollar watch, yeah. I should be able to walk in an AP boutique and buy put my credit card down and buy a fifteen thousand dollar watch. Like. This shit isn't rocket science. Yeah, like, and for ridiculous. and for years and years and years, y'all had it figured out. Y'all was able to serve everybody, and just all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe that just like everybody's so flush with cash that the watch market of all fucking things just like exploded, and now it ain't no watches nowhere. Even though all of y'all are up in production, two and three fold year over year. My thing is this: every 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 platform, if you will, or every, uh, what's the word? Not necessarily platform. Every uh, industry has kind of like right-sized itself. Yeah. Right? We getting reservations at restaurants again. Mm-hmm. You know, and Neiman got clothes and shit. They got sneakers in there. <laughs> so I'm not joking. Yeah. Acme got fucking fresh ground beef and shit. Like, everybody, <laughs> you remember when it was like, it was sketchy. You couldn't get nothing. Well, no potatoes in this motherfucker. <laughs> like, everybody done kind of like right-sized everything from the little to the big. Mm-hmm. I ain't been in nowhere recently that has been like, I'm, Chipotle got the vinaigrette every time I come in. Like, <laughs> you remember where it got to where you just was going places and they was just like, yo, uh, we ain't got no forks. What the fuck you talking yeah. like? <laughs> Fork delivery, dog. Fork delivery just ain't even him. Nigga stuck on 81. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from Frackville. Our knives is kind of <laughs> wide, though, so you can just use it like a little special. <laughs> it got ridiculous. We got some sports, though. They be here yeah. any minute now. <laughs> Everything has kind of right-sized except for the watch shit. Yeah, because they holding on. Like, that last little... Even the sneaker shit has, like, gotten to the point Ooh. now where them prices ain't hanging the way they was. They kind of, I just told you, Man. them bodegas came right to fuck every back Jor- Every Jordan release, I see 43,000 pairs. It's like, they're it's like 2014 again. Yeah, they're everywhere. So the watch thing is the only one... How crazy is this? Even the dealerships are starting to have cars and yeah. shit back on the showroom floor and on the lot and all that crazy shit. My so, man that worked for Mercedes, he told me, he said... uh he was like, yo, you know, we they was putting uh they was at a point they was putting a twenty thousand dollar markup on everything. Then it got down to fifteen, then it was ten, then it was five. Three months ago he called me, he was like, Yo, um, I don't know what car you're looking at next, whatever, whatever, but you know, we're gonna have orders open soon on a few different things. Like I could get it to you for retail. I can't do a discount yet, but I could I can we back at retail price. So it's like we're back at MSRP on mm-hmm. cars. Like <laughs> it, it, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Like, right, it don't make no sense. Because right? ev- apparently there was a, a damn monopoly on the on the microprocessor chips or whatever like that. So everybody's right. getting it, get, yeah, get, warehouse burnt down. So you know what that does? It halts production of all of these automobiles, but it also creates all this backlog demand for the microprocessor company. So now they can charge everybody a premium because we got to hurry up and get back up and running. <laughs> so I need y'all to pay y'all, y'all net 90 invoices. I need y'all to pay them today, nigga. Yeah. I was on this Rolex forum the other night, and the, uh, guy, the guy was like, um... I've been on the waiting list for a GMT and for a Daytona for the last year and a half. 
And uh, I just found out that my job is sending me to China for three weeks. I can't wait to tell my AD to suck a dick when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking dying off of that. But yeah, man, it, you're right. The watch shit is the only one now. That they just did. holding on, man. But you did? Did you see the thing? I think Kev said in the group chat, like, uh, how much money they're they're like Rolex is starting to do their own uh, secondary watch. Journal. Oh yeah, certified pre-owned. Certified yeah, pre-owned yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just, like, it's just to it's just to pull more extract more money out of the customer. Because it was saying in the article how pre-owned watches are worth more than new ones. Mm-hmm. This shit is crazy, ain't yeah. it? It works the same way with the sneakers, the car shit. If the watch is 13000 retail and we tell you you can't get one, but on the resale market, they're thirty-two. we could just say, hey, this is a certified pre-owned. Yeah, take the plastic off this motherfucker. Yeah. Sell it to my cousin for retail price. Let, Let him, him go walk to out Disney the, World. Yeah, come <laughs> back. Come back on Monday, <laughs> 28000 Everybody wins. You get a discount from thirty-two. We get more than thirteen. My cousin got some fly ass pics at Disney World. <laughs> Every, everybody good. TRPE once again. That's, <laughs> that shit crazy, dog. Yeah, it's, it's like Rolex it's, is it's the equivalent of Foot Locker investing in the goat. Once you realize that you can not only directly influence but control the secondary market, what fucking incentive do you have even to, to just go into the first market? It's we're just going to skip it. Fuck like Ticketmaster. Yeah. We're just going to skip the first market. Duh. Fuck y'all. Y'all think y'all come and see Dragon 21 Savage? Eat dick, For nigga. $68? Yeah, <laughs> right. How about $6,800, <laughs> nigga? Fuck y'all. The show went on sale at noon. The shit was sold out at 12.03. It was all, and all the tickets was verified resale tickets. Oh, How? Yeah. For, for a global tour for 45 dates all over the fucking world. Yep. So everybody's logged on at the same time. What you telling me? Everybody. Namibia, motherfucking <laughs> Scotland. Yeah, everything <laughs> going. Every, uh, we all. All that's left is Allentown. <laughs> <laughs> We got Allentown. We got motherfucking. Only thing left is Allentown. <laughs> we got Allentown. And we got Butte, Utah. Yeah, that's all we got shit. left. No, that's real. Ticketmaster, Rolex, Footlocker. Everybody has just chalked the first market. Fuck it. Till we get sanctioned and have to go before <laughs> Congress, we going straight to the secondary market. It's, it's, price, it's price gouging. These are the people that Teddy Roosevelt warned us about. Yo. Teddy Roosevelt would have been out here busting ass if he was alive. The titans that built America. Oh, my God. So it follows five specific people. It follows Walter Chrysler, who built the, the, yeah. the SRT engine and what became Chrysler's and the, all of that chassis and shit. It follows DuPont. You know, from the paint and mm-hmm. all of that. And he, you know, he did, he made a lot of money selling bullets in the war and all that crazy yeah. shit. It follows Chrysler, DuPont, Boeing, Bill Boeing. It follows, what are the other two? Fuck, I can't think about it right now. Um, Chrysler, DuPont, the one who owned, oh, Henry Ford. And I forgot the other one. But long story short, you know how Bill Boeing got rich and made, you know, what we became Boeing airplanes? He went to an air show, got fascinated with airplanes or whatever. He was trying to get in cool with the, I believe it was the, not the Wright brothers, the Lindberghs. He was trying to get in cool with them. 
They weren't fucking with him. So he went back and started developing a plane. Like, on some, like, fuck it, I'm going to develop my own plane. Boom, boom, boom. He gets the shit done. He winds up getting mail contracts with the mail. So basically, they realized that, yo, they paid $3 per pound of mail that could get delivered. But with his planes, he could take so much mail across the thing, and they could charge more because instead of a train, it was getting to where it was going faster right, and shit. Right. So he wound up making X amount of hundreds of millions of dollars, basically contracting the mail. Delivering the mail. Through air. That's where yeah. air, air mail started with Bill Boeing and shit. When Roosevelt became president, he was like, yo, the mail is federal. Shouldn't no motherfucking nigga handle <laughs> <laughs> <no> access. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the mail is federal, shouldn't no motherfucking nigga have no access to people's mail? I'm cool on this shit. He immediately cancels yeah. his contracts with the mail shit and was like, we'll do the shit ourselves. Not realizing that Bill Bowen had built up a fleet of 150 airplanes to just deliver Deli mail. Yeah, yeah. And that the federal government didn't have enough planes to get the mail done. So then he basically was like, he put in orders with motherfuckers to build planes, but he did it like two planes from this company, two from this company, instead of giving it to like one person. Cause yeah. they was like, why not just give it to Boeing? Cause he can produce that many. Man, fuck that. He already got no paper. <laughs> I'm gonna get two planes from this nigga. Two planes. So he winds up buying all these cheap ass planes. The plane's not even good. They said that in literally 90 days, they had lost 61 pilots. <laughs> <laughs> it was all these accidents. <laughs> so they was like, they, they had lost like 61 pilots and it was all these accidents and yeah. all this mail had got destroyed. And it was like Roosevelt uh, sorrily realized that the federal government couldn't handle what it took to actually get the mail shit done. So they was like, he had to come down off of his like, uh, censorship of Boeing. Yeah. And he went back to Boeing and was like, all right, listen, we gonna use your planes, but you can't do it. And then bro was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and he basically banned Bill Boeing from ever touching U.S. mail again, just because he was making so much money doing this shit. Uh, and they was talking about in the Titan shit, just like how all of them Ford, Dupont, yeah. they was just like Roosevelt was like a thorn in their ass. He was sanctioning these motherfuckers, yeah. like dog Dupont. Dupont made a hundred million dollars in that money selling ammunition during World War One. And Roosevelt went on a crusade, was like, this nigga is they they he he called him the uh the the merchant of death. <laughs> <laughs> like, Roosevelt was really crazy as no, shit. He was out here. Like Roosevelt was really like, if you want to compare it to anything, remember uh Kane on Belly when he was eating a banana? <laughs> like, I don't like that shit. <laughs> I don't like that shit at all. Yeah, he if, like Birdman at the at the Breakfast Club. Now I'm pulling up on you, nigga. What's good? If you was getting some paper, Roosevelt was good. That's your front he door. Was at your <laughs> what the fuck is you doing? Got something for you, nigga. Thirty three pages of sanctions. That shit crazy. But he, Bill Bowen wound up, of course, becoming Bowen Industries. Yeah, it's like it's all of this shit is direct conflicts of interest. Like, there's no way. Like, all right, I get it. Rolex, it makes sense for you to certify pre-own your own product. They do the same thing in the auto industry or whatever the case may be. Um, but it it just feel the timing of it just feels like y'all scamming. My thing is they do it in the auto industry, but here's the catch. A new Ford Fusion from Ford is fully loaded, is 
$30,000. Yeah. A certified pre-owned Ford Fusion that's two or three years old is 21000 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the equivalent of going into Ford and the new Fusion with stickers on it is 30000 <laughs> And they're like, yeah, they, them Jones ain't, even, they ain't none around. We got the certified pre-owned over here, only four years old. $52,000. <laughs> I can put you in it today. That's what's going on with Rolex. And y'all are only doing this because you see the secondary market going as absolutely mm-hmm. nuts as it has. Yeah, we got to control the whole process. I told you, I went in the fucking jeweler the other day and looked at the green sub, the, uh, the, 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 sub, the Starbucks. Yeah. Brand new, that watch is 11 across that Rolex. It's $11,000. Yeah. They don't have one. In here, brand new, 22. that shit is 22. Mind you, they had a 2020 from, they had a 2020 like the week before for seven, it was 16, eight, 17 grand essentially. Yeah. That shit had sold. The 20 that was $7,000 over retail sold. Now they got a brand new one that's double the price and that's <sighs> fuck around going to sell. Mm-hmm. And Rolex is just like, and they sold another one, man. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I be, they just with binoculars in the zombie. God damn. I sold another one. That shit crazy. Not being able to buy Rolex from Rolex is crazy. It's bonkers. Bonkers. Yeah, unless, at this point, unless you want some Liberace shit, Rolex, Rolex ain't got nothing for your ass. Yeah. They got masterpieces and up. Like, imagine going to, like, the hood spot to get a Big Mac. Because McDonald's done ran out. <laughs> and the hood spot charging $19. Yeah, Poppy's getting a Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, that it's, it is it is kind of like odd that Rolex is jumping into the certified. And, and literally, I was saying it to, uh, to Dumber. I'm like, I want to see just how many certified pre-owns actually show up in Rolex. Because if yeah. you go into Rolex and it's like, they got drawers of them now out of nowhere, it's just like, you motherfucker. I'm calling Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I'm calling Roosevelt <laughs> grandson. <laughs> Because we're going to get to the bottom yeah. of this shit. Because this shit don't make no goddamn sense. Because think about it. Ain't no watches in there. I told y'all on Patreon. I say, yo, Rolex has gone as far as sending their authorized dealers display models that don't have any movement in them. It's just the casing of the watch. Yeah. Yeah, put them in there. That shit look ugly. Empty. Yeah. Put some Jones in there. Remember at one point, though, tabs. that was ugly. I mean, at one point, though, that was empty. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, they, and they let them be empty. They was like, we got to figure something out <coughs> to combat these empty yeah, cases. first couple months of the Panorama, them joints was empty. What, the first couple months of PUA and yeah. shit? They was empty. I talked to a, uh, a Rolex dealer at a, at a Rolex store in Miami, um, Design District. This was February of 2021. He said, so far this year, this is February of 2021, I've already... Hit 180% of my goal for the year. It's February. He said everything is, is pre-sold before it comes in. It just shows up. I call such and says, hey, come pick your watch up, whatever, whatever. It's done. He said, I'm done for the year. It's February. The beginning of the panorama was nuts. Was well, crazy. the beginning of Pua was nuts. Because everybody went haywire. Yeah. Everybody went Even haywire. like I was on uh it was this 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 uh, Instagram page called Nantucket Pauri. They rebranded. They're called the Jury Spot now, but they're up in like Nantucket, Rhode Island, or whatever like that. And um, they got great prices on like Rolexes and shit like that, like good jewelry, all of that stuff. And they, uh, 
I've seen recently they've been like starting to post like a lot of like the scumbag rollies, like the red face with the bezel with the <laughs> with the Roman numerals with the diamonds and all of that. Yeah. They came back to earth. Pandemic time, them Jones was 14,000, 15,000, 16,000. Saw three the other day, 5250. Yeah, uh uh the watch boy Robertino um, he be with the CMR motherfuckers mm-hmm. down in Miami, but I was on his actual page because they they sell like used you know Rolex or whatever, yeah. and they got like a couple Starbucks, they got a couple Kermits or whatever. And as you scroll all the way down, you get to like the Mill Gausses and the Ops and the uh, the Air King and all that. And you keep scrolling down. I saw the red and the purple face, <laughs> forty eight hundred. I, I was like, here they come. Like yeah, man. yeah. Even they came back to earth, like. The red face and the and the and the blue face and the purple face and, and the, the Eagles uh, green Kelly green face yeah that's not on like a sub <laughs> or a day day them them Jones be looking crazy I can't believe that motherfucker I like yeah I I'd rather I'd rather put on a goddamn Panerai it's so many other watches that you could just but all wear. niggas know is the big four all niggas know is Rolex AP Patek and Richard Mill Richard Mill that's all niggas know. Like we was looking at uh, the the Chapards the uh, the other day, um, uh, oh the, the one with the skeleton, yeah, 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 yeah. Looking at no, them. that wasn't a Chapard, was it? No, that was Chapard. It was uh, a Piaget. 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 Piaget has an excellent watch that's in the same direct category as uh, like the Cartier Santos and all of that, with a better better movement, forty two millimeter case instead of thirty nine point eight, like. Open back on every model from it's the entrance. Skeleton with an open back. Yeah. yeah, they have they have a, a but even like the the regular ones have open backs too. And then they got a chrono model, and then they got the full skeleton or whatever in three different colors: gray, gray, blue, and then like the Kelly green or whatever like that. Like amazing product. I ain't gonna hold you, y'all. I've narrowed it down to like the four that I'm like really really on. I was telling them I'm like the the Santos, the XL, the uh, Starbucks. The GMT and yo, the Rhodium Yachtmaster, the gray face. Oh, crazy! Oh my god, I'm like, I like it more than the blue. Yeah, like real shit. I'm just like sitting there the other night looking at it, like, damn, that's nice. Like, yeah, they nice as hell. They super nice. So, but yeah, you're right. All motherfuckers know is the big four. All they know is that. And you know, I was saying the other day, I like the tag who the tag Heward that that uh the uh, Chrono Calend- yeah. Calendar or whatever it is. I like that <coughs> shit. Like it's tag Heward, Shapars, Oris, um. Panerai, like you said. Uh, you know who put me on Panerai? Uh, Zenith makes good uh, watches. B. B, he's staying yeah. like something like that. That's like his twist. Yeah, Zenith makes great watches. Like, so many of these companies, man, like, have good product, but people just locked in on, you know, what they know. They go by cultural cues. So, it's like, hmm. the, if, if Quavo ain't rapping about it, we don't know about it. Straight up. Anything else you want to talk about? Got nothing else, man. Uh, like like we said earlier in the show, make sure y'all subscribe to the Patreon if you haven't already. Patreon.com slash official TRPE. If you're watching us on YouTube and you're not subscribed, you need to hit the subscribe button right now. Like this video. Share it. Let people know that you fuck with the Realist Podcast server. We got a big interview coming up um, with 19 Keys. That'll be dropping very, very soon in collaboration with WTF Media Studios. Uh, other we, than that, we got some other shit we trying to lock in. <coughs> some event, an event series, a whole bunch of stuff, man. You and uh, I got to get me some water or I'm about to die. I'm out. Peace. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. 
Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.